Yeah. Put me in the ground. Dig a hole. Toss me in. Have we heard back from the Norgie ski jump yet? I want to go over that thing and see if I can make it to the uh, to the Fox River. And if I break a hip, <laughs> just let me slowly sink and let me just fade away. <laughs> just like my once great radio career. Just let me fade away. Aw. That's, that's, all, that's all I wish for. How are you this morning, Nikki? Nonstop. Doing good. Doing good. A I lot said, of snow came down last night, so I, it, dealt with that this morning. Snow came down where? Up by us, up here in the northwest burbs, we got about uh, half an inch, three quarters. Oh of an my inch. God, that is a lot of yeah. snow. Do you think you'll be able to dig yourself out? No, I'm calling in professionals. We will. Uh, hopefully, we are sending the Red Cross. Hopefully, Nick is going to be okay. Um, he's going to dig out. Uh, they're going to. They're a little low on bread and water, but that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Somebody's going to come by with the, uh, the the male person that comes in this time of year because of the amount of snow is going to come by with the husky dogs and uh, and and drop <laughs> off a, a, a you know a loaf of bread and some milk. He's going to be okay. Yep. <laughs> Boy, I don't know where to start this morning. There's just so much to talk about here on the Big 89 WLS. Uh, Bruce St. James back on Monday. Um, and I have a gift for the Bruce St. James listeners at uh, 6.50 this morning. Um, I think we should all. Uh, this is a gift that I think will really help you in the new year. Um, just be here at 6.50. I don't want to let it out of the bag yet. But this may be the best thing you get from WLS AM 890 all year long. I, I, this is a good one. This is a good one. Remember all this stuff when it was uh, J it was JB and it was the uh and it was uh, the then governor Blago and they were talking like this I have got this thing and it's golden and I, I'm just not giving it up for nothing I wouldn't have either man are you kidding me this is when they used to talk you know Reverend Wright hey what if we get Reverend Wright wouldn't that be a goof this is your governor and your <laughs> governor talking and goofing around Hey how about this one God if I knew for sure I wasn't running again yeah. How about Reverend Wright Oh my God! <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Still there? Yeah. No, how about setting Reverend Wright there? I bet you he take it. Hilarious. Huh? Would oh. that be funny? Oh, hilarious. That's funny? Are you kidding me? But I will tell you this. I, I, and I know that that the, I know you you guys are going to hate me for this. And you know what? I really don't care. But uh, Rod Blagojevich <laughs> last night tweeted this. Notice how Democrats who run lawless big cities respond to crime and violence in their communities. They vilify the guns, not the gangbangers shooting those right guns. On. They cynically scapegoat the object of the violence, not the agent of it. Guns are an easy target. They can't vote. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Notice how Democrats who run lawless big cities respond to crime and violence in their communities. They vilify guns, not the gang banger, banger shooting those guns. They uh, cynically scapegoat the object of the violence, not the agent of it. Guns are an easy target. They can't vote. That is, uh, that's Blagojevich. You know what I think about that? I've got this thing, and it's golden, and I'm just not giving it up for nothing. Yeah, I want to talk about Michelle Smith. We we used this in our promo yesterday. Michelle Smith of the 43rd, um, adjacent to Tom Tunney's uh, award, was talking about what she's going to do to maybe help citizens crack down on crime. And it's not a new idea. We're going to get to that. But first, I want to talk about the uh, state of Illinois um, and their reaction to some of this COVID stuff. And let's face it, you know, you can be... You can be the most stringent person on COVID and you want everybody to be healthy, and I think we do. But I think more and more as days go on and on and on, we find out that a lot of people are just throwing stuff up at the wall, hoping it will stick. 
and then you have everybody that's lockstep in what anybody says about what you should do, that there's mandates, there's federal mandates. It wasn't that long ago that President Biden said, this is a federal issue, and I'm going to fix COVID. This guy, referring to Donald Trump's not doing it. But here we are now, a couple months later, he's the president, and he said the other day that COVID will be fixed on the state level. And I'll give you the federal funds to do it. So there's mixed messages everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Now, as of yesterday, um, CDC came out and said, you know, some of these tests you're buying there at the Riberty Drugs and at the Oscos and at the Woolworths. By the way, have you been in the Woolworths lately? Me either. <laughs> um, they're, they're not necessarily effective and you are getting false negatives. Those are expensive tests. We'll talk later on this morning as to whether or not we think the uh, Chicago public schools are going to open. If I were a betting man, I would take the under on that. I would. But the yeah. uh, Secretary of State, Jesse White, I love this guy. At his age, he can still go out there with those tumblers. And that's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Secretary of uh, State Jesse White announced yesterday that all driver services facilities will be closed for two weeks beginning of the new year. Now, I have a sticker on the back of the Nifty 150 that says 1221. Meaning I got to get over to the driver's facility services in West Chicago, which is kind of a hidden gem. Um, you can go there and there's not big lines. Um, and, and I have to get my sticker and I have one of those fancy, uh, conservation plates. Um, and, and of course it, it I think it, I think my plates now are $673 a month. Oh, jeez. But Michael, can you get a rim shot ready for me this morning? Let's do a little, uh, uh let, let me try this out. A little Secretary of State closing fun, fun, okay? Uh, the Secretary of State is closing all driver facilities for two weeks due to COVID-19. That's the bad news. The good news is the wait is still the same. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bruce will be back Monday. I'm just the rental guy. Uh, the Secretary of State is closing all their driver facility services beginning the first of the year. That's the bad news. Here's other bad news. How am I going to get my state ID or my license so I can show proof to vote? (laughs) I'm sorry. Bruce is back Monday. The uh, state of Illinois, uh, Secretary of State, is closing all driver services facilities for two weeks due to COVID-19. How am I going to find that? Now let me let me redo that, okay? Okay, let's let's start that all over again. It's uh good morning, it's Ray, WLSA made ninety. Let's start the show all all over again. The Secretary of State closing all driver <laughs> services facilities for two weeks. That's the bad news. And more bad news, how am I gonna carry on witty conversations with Guatemalan truck drivers? <laughs> You're right, Michael. You're right. You're right. You're right. I apologize for that. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm, I'm watching the uh, the news this morning, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm 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 late to some of this stuff because I don't watch Hollywood the way I some people want me to, and I, I guess it's because in some instances I I just don't care about the Hollywood elite. But did you see this? The boyfriend of Angela Kurowski has been arrested in Simi Valley, California, nearly a week after a celebrity business manager. She's the celebrity business manager was found dead inside her vehicle in Simi Valley. Um, they announced the arrest of her boyfriend on suspicion of torture and murder. She is the manager of the Kardashians. I would imagine that somebody like that is worth a ton of money. 
Uh-huh. She was uh, reported missing a day earlier. Police said her body was discovered inside her vehicle parked on uh, Patricia Avenue in Simi Valley. 49-year-old guy arrested and booked into jail. What is wrong with people, man? You know, I come in here and I want to be a good, upbeat, you know, glass-half-full kind of guy, but then I read this news, and, and, and these are the news that grab the headlines now. We're going to get to Michelle Smith in a little bit. Michelle Smith of the 43rd Ward. I did put a call into her last night. Interesting. You know, I, I can get a hold of any alderman, any newsmaker in town. And their voicemails are, you know, leave a leave a message. They're professional. Here's our email. If you need to get a hold of somebody right now, here's the number. When I called Michelle Smith, it was, hi, it's Michelle Smith. Don't leave a message. Text me. <laughs> so I did. I left her a text message, and and uh, and we didn't get uh, we didn't get anything uh, we didn't get anything returned. But uh, last night, a Lakeview woman, twenty two year old Lakeview woman in Chicago, um, walking home. Robbed, mugged, beaten by eight people. That's what's going on in this city. You can't let. I mean, how do we? How do we allow this to continue to happen? Now we're going to have fun today. I'm telling you, at six fifty this morning, this might be better than last week's. Twas the night before Christmas. Even Max Armstrong's Twas the night before Christmas with the naked <laughs> guy on the farm with the open bib overall. Six fifty this morning. It's a wonderful gift given to you. By the Bruce St. James Show here on WLSAM 890. As you go forward into the year, this is something I really think you can use. I thought long and hard about doing this. And then I thought, you know what? You people, you deserve it. That comes up this morning. We've got a lot of fun lined up for you. We have Alderman Napolitano at 705. Hopefully, Kevin Brickner, who is that Olympian that is qualified out of the Norgie ski jump, to tell uh, both Nikki Nonstop and I how we can jump without breaking hips. Without snapping legs in half. <laughs> Orland Park Mayor joins us today. Gary McCarthy, Janet Davis, John Rich from Fox and Big and Rich. Who's booking this show? Oh, that's right, I am. We'll do all that coming up this morning on WLSAM 890. There's not a lot going on. Even the James Hardy sign on the 303 building is turned off because they know that not a lot's getting done this week. I am in a uh, cheese, wine, Chocolate-induced haze, which is unusual for me because I don't normally eat like that. So my body clock is off. My management is off. I'm not feeling the way I should because my work off uh, schedule has been off. But I go back to normal on Monday. It says here, I hope this clock is right. Uh, today is Thursday. Uh, it's the 30th of December, a day I'll always remember. Nick, you remember when you were able to tell your parents about the 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 Mickey and you being able to uh, not only did you uh, you, you know you're going to have a child but you you know they get the news and they're excited and then the birth of that child mm -hmm. and then you you, you know you want to keep it you know the first one's always so you know you want to keep it quiet you want to make sure you get past that that point where you know that mm -hmm. nothing bad can happen with the uh, with the with the you know caring of the child and mama's safe and 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 she's healthy and everything looks okay the doctor's got you on point and now you start to include your friends and you tell your buddies and your friends and it's like wow man it's such a big part of your life because it's changing like you can't even imagine and That's there's so changing. much yeah it's i mean there's so much i mean there's so much joy and hope involved in a child that you just want to you, I mean, you you want to burst and then when it happens you're you're scared to death you drive home going two miles an hour you don't know what the <laughs> heck you're gonna do you know you, you just watched your wife do something just so astounding and incredible that you're sitting there with tears in your eyes it's absolutely amazing isn't it yeah, that's beautiful. I would have 
I would have liked a little more out of you there. I know it's been a long week, but come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I just gave my all on that. Um, well, this happened to uh, to uh, to the Nelsons, Mr. and Mrs. Ed Nelson, Duluth, Minnesota. I love Duluth, Minnesota. If you ever get a chance to go, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And go there when it's windy because the the iron ore turns the Duluth Bay between Superior and Duluth red. <laughs> and it is absolutely You'll be awestruck. You'll never get that color out of your clothes, but it's beautiful. So um, they find out that uh, they're going to be grandparents. Uh, they find out that they're going to be grandparents. And could you imagine the the joy and the wonder? And 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 they didn't find out via text message. They didn't find out via social media. They didn't find out during a gender reveal party where somebody threw a uh, a balloon up in the air and shot it, and it said, "Our baby will be whatever it wants to be. It'll pick its own gender." <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> No, they got the uh, they got the news old school. They got the news old school like it was sent in 1953. And you want to know the reason why they got the news old school like it was sent in 1953? Because that's when the letter was stamped that just showed up at their house two weeks ago. <laughs> Jeez. Joyous news. You know, can you imagine now, they, they say that there's beauty in the letter because, unfortunately, the baby that was born uh, in this letter had just recently passed away so that's how long it's been since the letter was sent until it was received by the uh, anderholms in duluth minnesota but the the family is looking at it as a as a miracle as a christmas miracle as their way of saying hey this is a sign this is a message from jim who uh was uh was conceived and born back in the 50s and we just got the letter so this is his way of saying hey i'm out here in the universe and everything yeah. is cool now, as, as, as crazy as I, I say this story is, and I just wonder, you know, that happens. I mean, can you, can you, can I get a, can you testify for me this morning? 312 591 8900. Or as we say in Chicago, 8900. Um, let me know how often you get your neighbor's mail. Because if it wasn't for my neighbor's mail, and and the checks that they get, I don't know if I'd be able to make my house payments anymore because I, I get I get everybody's mail all the time, and and it's funny we're on this next door app where you can hear everybody complain about the latest Taco Bell that's going into the uh, to the neighborhood because it's not a healthy option. That's what goes on on the next door app. If you don't know what the next door app is, get it. Um, did somebody see a snowmobile driving down Pinnacle Drive today? <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on in this neighborhood, but I don't like it. And I respond, oh, yeah, that was, heck, I was handsome. But I digress. We lose mail all the time. There's not a thing, there's not a day that goes by where somebody's like, hey, man, Amazon dropped off a package or the mail's, my mail's missing and it has some important meds in there. Can you please return it? I know, I know that the, uh, the U.S. Postal Service is very busy and you're all doing a good job. But I just thought I would uh, share that, uh, that story this morning here on the Big 89. All right. Let's get to Michelle Smith. We're going to have a Napolitano. A chime in on this later on today. I did put a call in to uh, to Michelle, and uh, she politely declined. Michelle Smith of the 43rd announced that she's bringing back the Whistle Stop program. Now, you and I are too young to understand and remember what the Whistle Stop program was. I'm looking at Michael. I can see Michael's eyes from here, and he's just looking for some kind of a song that will fit. You know what? Whistles are good, Mike. Um. She announced she's bringing back the Whistle Stop program. The Whistle Stop program is a 50-year-old program that we, it was used decades before, before, before we had this thing called 911. 
the whistle stop program was before we had this thing called wireless phones. The whistle stop program follows these rules. If you find yourself, follow along with me, friends. I know it's early. I know you might just be waking up. <laughs> My name's Ray. That's Nick. We've got a nice crew assembled for you here this morning. This is WLSAM 890, streaming worldwide on the web, thanks to Al Gore. The Whistle Stop program follows the rules that if you find yourself in a suspicious situation or a witness or in a crime, you blow a whistle. If you hear a whistle, call the police when the whistles go off. Then what you do is after you blow your whistle... In this case, I'd probably be wetting my whistle. I'd probably be wetting my pants. Because if I'm bringing a whistle to a gunfight, I don't know if I'm running toward it. And I'm a guy that's not afraid of too many men born to any mother in the country. But it says here that if you uh, if you see a crime in progress, blow your whistle and uh, and run toward it while blowing that whistle. Just pray that the crime does not involve a group of armed men who won't hesitate to whack you square in the face with handguns or worse. Now I say this, I'm not making this up. And I and, and and if we didn't laugh about this like Nick Gale is laughing about this, you would scratch your head and say, "What is wrong with our world? What is wrong with us?" Now, I'm not sure when it's safe to bring your mask down and then blow whistle or you blow whistle through mask. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's just stay safe out there, kids. Let's keep it safe. I don't want it. I don't want to go against any mandates. I don't want to bri- break any rules. I don't need somebody yelling at me saying, "Hey, doofus." Put your mask back on. You're going to kill us with, well, I'd kill you with my breath because I've had too much coffee this morning. But it's the, it, this was something that was done in this neighborhood years and years and years ago. I'm not sure if it worked, but I want to tell you this. There's a lot of aldermen in Chicago that are having fun with this. I think you'd have to be half crazy to even mention this. 312-591-8900. If you want to call, I'll check text messages here in just a second. Well, let's just say you're in the Lakeview neighborhood. Last night, I mentioned it earlier, 22-year-old woman robbed and beaten by eight perps in what's considered a pretty decent neighborhood, right? Yeah. You're going to blow a whistle? I mean, I'll tell you right right now. I'll tell you what. If I saw, honestly, I don't know, I don't know many men in my life that if they saw somebody being being beaten that wouldn't jump in. I know it's right. probably a fool's a fool's game. I get that. Um, but you, I mean, I would think that more people would be apt to help. I, I just don't know what's, what's wrong with the world anymore. But my goodness, uh, can you imagine? So we're, we're running towards crime now with a whistle in Chicago. This is also an alderman that was talking about defunding police, uh, two years ago. But now it's funny because all, you know, you know, I know that I heard your, your, uh, your piece promoting your, um, connected to Chicago. The Tony was on there. And, and, and now people got to, people are starting to see that this has got to turn around. Let me know yeah, if you do Tony says to be clear, you know, they were they have not defunded the police at all in Chicago. Oh, Ray, let me ask you a question. This is out of Bill from Downers Grove. Can I put a whistle on the handle of my forty cal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to the stream. It sounds like somebody's talking consistently, very quietly in the background, like you guys are have a TV on or something. Just a heads up. Um, that's Rachel, our producer. I ask if she'll just talk quietly to me because she soothes me. So I'm I'm sorry about that. 
it was either meds or that. And I and I took that. Thank you, Rachel. You guys are doing a fantastic job. She's amazing on our socials. If you don't yet follow, do so at WLSAM.com online. Our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, our TikTok is absolutely amazing. Do we do TikTok? Let's start, okay? Let's start today, Rach, you and me. <clears throat> As Election Day neared in 2019, this is another thing Michelle uh, Michelle Smith uh, said. She, she claimed that uh, police manpower in two districts that serve her ward had increased by 136 over, officers over the past year. In fact, the staffing districts had increased by only 78. So she gets some things, you know, mixed up a little. <laughs> but I understand. In another crime fighting first this uh, fall, Michelle Smith, 43rd in invited her constituents to purchase their very own CPD blue light surveillance camera oh, at the cost of $25,000 each. Can't, uh. you, can't you just get a ring doorbell or an, a nest? I run two of those nest yeah. cams. You know, I run two of those nest cams. One is uh, to, to keep an eye on my mailbox, and the other one is just sl- uh, fixed on all my toys in the garage so Gina doesn't go out there and sit on them when I'm not out there because I'll know. Yeah. But so let me know what you, I mean, I think this, here, just so you know, this morning we're going to talk with Gary McCarthy just about how dangerous this really is. I, I kind of kid, we kind of joke, we kind of laugh. This is a dangerous proposition. People get killed doing this kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? Come on now. It's 6.50 this morning. I want you to awaken your neighbors if, if they're sleeping, if for some reason they're not tuned in this morning, and, and shame on you if you're not because there's a lot of knowledge here that you're going to need to know about, especially like a a squirrel going berserk. And it wasn't in a Mississippi church. We're going to talk about that coming up. But (laughs) we have something we are going to offer up to you at 650. This is going to be the next biggest bit ever on WLSAM 890. We live in the uh, the world of technology, the technology age. And uh, some of it's really advantageous. I mean, I can start... I can start my Ford pickup truck from anywhere in the world from my app. You know, I mean, really, what, what, what do you need that for? I can lock it and unlock it. That's cool because, you know, a guy like me, not only do I lose my keys, but I lose my wallet. Drives the, uh, drives the girlfriend crazy. She's like, she buys me those little tiles that we talked about the other uh-huh. day. I think she just buys them so she keeps an eye on, on where I am because she knows of my past history. Um, so she knows where I am at all times, but... <laughs> Um, you know, but for a guy like me, if I lose my keys or lock my keys in the vehicle, <clears throat> you know, I can just boom, you know, in and out yeah. right there on the app. Um, but uh, Alexa, and I know that this angers some people uh, because if you shout out that name, and you know, what if your kid's name is Alexa? Um, it changes your <laughs> smart speaker, and I'm sorry for that um, because if you, you know, when you are in the kitchen having your coffee listening to the radio, and somebody on the radio is so blatantly ignorant to say, Alexa, turn on the lights. Boom, there go your lights. Alexa does a lot of cool things. I like Alexa because, you know, if we're sitting at uh, at, at dinner, Gina will say, you know, play more Morgan Wallen. Boom, play Morgan Wallen seven summers ago. Boom, on it goes. And, 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 it really is amazing, but yesterday, Alexa told a 10-year-old girl to touch a live plug with a penny. <laughs> the mother said, uh, we were doing some physical challenges like laying down, rolling over, hold uh, a shoe on your foot. Um, they were doing things they saw on YouTube earlier just to have uh, mom and, uh, and, and kid time. 
There was bad weather outside. She just wanted to have a little fun. That's when the Echo Speaker suggested that the child uh, take a penny and Jeez. touch it to an open. It's a TikTok challenge. Oh, one yeah. of those. Yeah. <laughs> I should. I should be in Wisconsin. And it was very hard for me not to go north when I got to the tollway today. Hmm. The other TikTok challenge today, and, and I think we need to do this, Rachel, is if you can go to the uh, commissary, uh, get an Oreo cookie and some mustard. Have you heard about this one? This is oh, the, yeah, this is the latest geez. TikTok challenge. Seriously, if you will go to the, to the, uh, to the vending machine, um, Michael Gray will find it in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the, the coin, uh, you know, jar that we have here that helps uh, some of the part-time producers get by, um, and, uh, buy a, uh, some Oreos. We'll put the mustard on it and we'll do the latest TikTok challenge is an Oreo and a mustard cookie. But can you imagine if you're a mom and you're, what if your kids, what if your kid's a toddler and, you know, you happen to be in the next room and, it, and, and, and I get it. It's just a child and maybe they don't understand. And I don't know why you'd have a live wire anyway, but everybody knows, every parent knows that you got to take every outlet in your house and put those little plastic doohickeys yeah. over them because the kids will stick anything possible in there they can. You know? Because if they ain't putting their fingers up their nose or in their butt, they're going to put in the outlet on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. I've been here. I know that. I do all well, those things and I'm in my we... 50s. <laughs> Ray, you, uh, well, here we go. Ray, stop it. You keep turning on my Alexa. That's Bill in Downers Grove. <clears throat> Alexa, tell Bill's wife about his girlfriend. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! 312-591-8900. The Hermosa Taco Shop uh, here in the uh, Hermosa District is saying that uh, they don't think they're going to be able to stay open. Yeah. Just five days after uh, Chicago and Cook County restaurants uh, were were told they'd be required to check customers uh, five years and older and that they were vaccinated, they say, we honestly just don't have the time nor the bandwidth to be asking you for all these cards. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a, it's the Tacothon. Tacothon co-owner. Sent an Instagram video post Monday. This is going to be problematic for a lot of restaurants in and around Chicago. How do you enforce it? And you got to kind of have to enforce it because... You know that when somebody puts a new law in the books, no matter what town you're in, somebody's going to... How do we create revenue when times are tough? Well, we found out that in some of these neighborhoods, we put up uh, street lights, or we put up uh, radar, we put up uh, red light cameras, we, we bust you, we, we, we take your money at the tune of 101 bucks a fine, and uh, you, you have nothing to say in it. Please send in your money. They said the new requirement is putting another burden on already struggling restaurants. How about that? I agree with that. How much can we ask these people to do? While the decision to move back to carry out and delivery wasn't easy, she believes it's currently what's best for her and her father who own this business together. I mean, they're not the vaccination police. I mean, come on. Well, you know, and you you put people in a tough situation. Yeah, it's 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 like when you 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 take a bunch of people and you put them on an airplane and you say, okay, you know, we're going to get you from destination A to B. Please sit in your seat and behave. And people can't do that. Now we're asking flight attendants to. You know, be WWE um, referees, right? Passengers behaving badly—a trend in uh, flights uh, in 2021. It was bad before; it got even worse last year. But you know what? If you can, let me just make a suggestion to you this uh, this holiday season and coming into the new year. If you're talking about going to a big reception, a party of some sort where there are 30, 40 people, that is something that's very risky, and we clearly recommend you do not do that. 
Alexa, should I go to a New Year's party? <laughs> some of the uh, some of the uh, incidents from last year that that they say were the, the the worst that there were. Passenger flying with Alaska Air in March struck a flight attendant, urinated in his seat after refusing to after refusing eight to ten times to put his uh, mask on. The passenger who also urinated on a fellow traveler's bag was charged with interfering with a flight crew. <laughs> What? what uh, this is what I don't understand. What's the Mick, point of that? Nick, Nick, this is the thing. Yeah, what are you what are you doing, you idiot? You're gonna get arrested. You know that. Why why in the world would you ever do that to somebody? And again, where are the dudes on this airplane? Where are the men? Yeah, right. You know, come on, stand up and do something. My daughter, who you know, is a brilliant singer songwriter. Her name's Cheyenne Rose. You can Google her singing the anthem at the Sox, the Bears, the Cubs. She was on tour with uh, Joe Nichols. She got scared out in Asheville because of uh, she had some anxiety issues. I get it. Young ladies, everybody has a little something going on. Hers was she was afraid of the music business. She was so good. She calls me one day and says, Dad, I'm going to do something. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, tell me that you're going back to Nashville. <clears throat> I'm going to be a flight attendant. I'm like, you don't like oh. to fly. I'm going to get <laughs> over it. Oh, baby, just go back to Nashville. <laughs> well, you got to back your kids' play. She was uh, she was uh, furloughed, and I don't think she's going back because one of her friends was just smacked in the face the other day. Oh, wow. Delta Airlines flight diverted in June after an unruly passenger began trying to make announcements over the plane's loudspeaker. Now, that would be me. <laughs> but it wouldn't be unruly. Uh, hey, uh, this is uh, Ray from uh, WLSAM 890 in Chicago. The beverage uh, has been turned off, <laughs> and all the cocktails are being served to Nick Gale. <laughs> And if you don't like it, get up and do something about it. <laughs> Several passengers and crew members attempted to wrestle the guy away. See, now that's, you got to get involved. Yeah. You know, where are your Todd Beamers of the world? And ultimately, we're able to restrain him in the aisle. Video shows at the time the witnesses were unsure if he was trying to open a cabin door or hijack the plane. That's when you take action. Duct tape to her seat. Remember this one? Passenger aboard an American Airlines flight. This is our WLSAM 890 bad behavior on airlines <laughs> week in review. This is the yeah. end review. Um, heavily duct taped her after allegedly assaulting and biting a flight attendant while trying to open the boarding door. Oh, See, geez. that's the problem. <laughs> the problem when you're in one of those flyover states and you're on your way out to Vegas and you've already drank too much and you see Kansas uh -huh. and it looks like you want to be there immediately, that will not work well for you and it will result in those nylon wire ties. And let me tell you, if you've never had those on your wrists, they don't feel very good. Yeah, they dig in. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> I'll tell you how I know, because I was working construction. <laughs> I was working construction when these zip ties first came out, and this idiot named Bill Stransky. I used to work for Sean Construction, who my dad uh, did uh, 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 subcontracting work for. And he zip tied me to a ladder. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, it was funny. It was funny, and it was. Funny. I was going to ask Gina. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe she's no, 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 no. The ties work just fine for that. Six fifty this morning. Father Terry, who I hope is not listening yet, from Holy uh, from the Holy Family Parish in Inverness. Monday, Bruce is back. Monday, Bruce and Judy are back. Monday, and not a not a minute too soon for me. Father Terry from uh, the Holy Family Parish in Inverness joins us at 6.50. And we're, we are going to, it'll be a surprise. You just, if you want, send me your name so I know who I can include in what we're going to do at 6.50. Because we are going to, 
We are going to shine down on you at 650. You're going to love it. Let's get you into the update center. Nick Gale's here with a... Uh... <laughs> the, with a what? The Norgy! <laughs> yeah, let's hey, do it. Hey, Alexa, there's no G, all right? It's apostrophe N, rambling. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm uh, on, actually I'm after it. today. I am going to stick my tongue I, gonna, in a plug. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my finger right here, and Nick Gale's uh. gonna do the traffic. Beret <laughs> is in, and I said, Michael, are you a coffee drinker? What kind of coffee do you drink? And he said, I'm I'm not a coffee snob. And you know what? I I never used to be either. I would drink. I, I mean, I was a Folgers guy. You know, the best part of waking up was rambling in your cup in Folgers. And uh, and I said, I have some Lavasa, if you would like. And he just kind of shook his head at me, and he's like, I thought you were a man. I thought you were a man's man. What are you doing drinking that frou-frou stuff? It, it's all because of the love of a woman. That's all it is. Um, she, she sends me to work with these Lavasa K-Cups. If you haven't tried them, they're fantastic. But let me just give a little shout-out to Suburban Small, if you will, and the uh, Gun Barrel Coffee Company. Um, the Gun Barrel Coffee Company is run by a guy named Sal Dazzo. Hey, Sal, I need some more coffee over here. Hey, Sal is a really good guy. He's a former veteran. And uh, the Gun Barrel Coffee Company, look him up, Google him, uh, check out their website. Very good stuff. Veteran-owned company. And I uh, highly recommend him. Nick Gale's watching the uh, news this morning. We're watching a, uh, a story uh, of Officer Shot um, this morning. And uh, we are uh, we're, they continue to look for a uh, suspect. This right. is... Uh, I had it up here. Where is this? This is in uh, Kankakee County down in Bradley. Yeah, Bradley, and this was at a, a Comfort Inn. And uh, we've already received word that uh, that one of the officers was shot and killed. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to do a, a thing here in a little bit. Uh, notable Chicagoans that have been lost this year, and it's not the, the list that uh, that you might see if you were watching entertainment tonight. These are the people that were, you know, fabric, you know, in the fabric of this community. The Yellow French is the world. Uh, we don't have the name of this latest police officer, obviously, but, man, I don't know who would want to do that gig. I just don't know. It's a Ray Stevens. Bruce St. James is back on Monday. I trust he's going to be well-rested. Um, has he been out in Arizona? Is that Do we know, Nick? I don't know. Don't know. Boy, that's a, that's a nice little... Racing or what? That's a nice little, uh, that's a nice little week, a couple weeks off. Yeah. Going to come back tan, rested, and ready. I bet you he's in a better mood than Howell is. I bet you. <laughs> I think a lot of people are in a better mood than Howell. <laughs> <laughs> I love Johnny like a brother. Yep. Uh, you know, the kind of brother that you fight with all the time and you only talk to once every 10 years. <laughs> That's how I love him. If you have a resolution, why wait for the new year? New year is almost here. We know that. But uh, for millennials and Gen Xers, they abandon the tradition instead of going to work on themselves at any given day. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Why wait for a calendar flip to do a reset? You know, we've learned in the last couple of years that it doesn't necessarily mean that the year's going to get any better. You know, we've also learned that you can't go to any parties. If you're talking about going to a big reception, a party of some sort, yeah. where there are 30, okay, 40... Stop it. That'll change tomorrow. But the uh, but the kids they you know they don't make New Year's resolutions like they uh, like they used to, but if you reset right now and you don't wait, a benefit to the strategy is you feel a little bit more confident as you do go into the new year. I'll tell you right now, 
I, and and you know we have friends and advertisers and people that that we meet through this radio station, guys we work with, and you can't throw a dead cat without listening to a weight loss product or something that's going to make you healthier by way of a pill, no matter what radio station, television station, podcast, social media thread you're looking at. Everybody's got the the golden ticket for you to be a better person. And all you have to do is wake up tomorrow, and I don't care if it's 5 degrees or 50 or 100, go for a walk. It'll change the way you feel. Motion makes a motion. And I, I am a testament to that. And uh, it, it didn't, you know, all I had to do was look at a picture of myself. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, when that COVID came around and that Tito's bottle got broke, you, you kind of let yourself go, <laughs> didn't you? So, you know, I went to work. And I tell you what, man, I want you just to look around while we're dealing with COVID and while everybody, the sky is falling. And I'm here to tell you it's not that bad. I just want to remind you, you're living in Chicagoland and the state of Illinois. If you go outside of this state, it's not like this everywhere you go. Trust me when I tell you, in Wisconsin and Indiana, and I've been there recently, there's not two-hour-long waits to go see if you have the Omicron virus. And if you get the test kits at the Walgreens, and if you get it at the uh, the drugstores this morning, some of those tests are now saying that uh, they're displaying false negatives. We're going to get to that a little bit later on, too, because we want you to be safe. You know, I, I believe that so much of this is just insanity and ridiculousness because that's just the way I am. I have high confidence in the way that I live my life. The way I take care of myself. People laugh at me because I take vitamins. Because if you take vitamins, well, you're just some kind of a witch dude because, you know, you, you, you're not partaking in the real science of having four boosters. Think about that. People want you to get four booster shots in the course of a year to do what your immune system's going to do. And I know there's people that don't like me saying that. But take care of yourself and your body will take care of you and lose some weight because I want you to look around at the old people's home. You don't see a lot of fat people in there. Now, how does that make you feel if you're overweight and I tell you that? Because here's what I want to get at. You know, people will yell at people and I'm vaxxed. I'm, I had the vaccine. But, but, you know, before then, I had to get it. People were telling me I was a bad guy because I didn't get it. But now if I told you that you were heavy and you needed to, to lose weight because in most cases, people that are a little heavier don't live as long of a, of a quality life as other people. You would think I'm an ass, wouldn't you? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you went up to somebody and said, hey, man, you're smoking. You're going to take up a hospital bed for somebody. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. You're a bad person. But that's the world we live in now. It's absolutely, it's absolutely pathetic, if you ask me. But it's almost like they, they want to treat everything like triage. Well, you no, know, you know and, and here's the thing is that you know, we're, we're talking last night um, with some, among friends about the driver services facility shutting down. Okay, you know, this is one of the most vaxxed cities and states in the nation. People are wearing their masks. People are, people are, I think by and large, doing what they've been told to do. You're going to run into an idiot every now and then that wants to cause a problem at the Walmart store. You see that all the time. But for the most part... No matter if you're, you know, and, and, and I, you and I both know we can say this isn't political, but it certainly is. And, and it's gotten that way because of a guy saying that he was going to stop the virus. There's, you know, 280,000 people have died on this guy's watch. I'm going to come in and I'm going to fix it. And you know what? You got to let this run its course. Nobody's going to fix it. There's no secret elixir. We've seen this before. It's going to take, it's going to run its course. It's going to take its time. You do your due diligence to be safe. Do all the things that you learned when you were in kindergarten. Be nice to people and wash your hands. 
But now we have to have an overabundance of overbearing people telling us what they think we should do. And that's what bugs me. I have people on a daily basis telling me that I need to get vaxxed, I need to prop, practice proper hygiene, when they, when they don't run on the level that I do. But I don't sit here and say that, because why? I would look like an ass. But what we need to do is we need to be honest with each other. That's something we've, we've lost in this, uh, in this world. And, and if I'm offending you, I promise you that at 6.50 this morning, you will forgive me. <laughs> We've got some fun on the show. I, I, I called this guy Kevin Brickner earlier today, and I'm not sure if he's going to call in or not, but we've got to call into him, and it's exciting because he called us back. And I don't think he called back because it's WLS, and I don't think he called back because it's Ramblin' Ray. I think he called back because our producer Rachel reached out to him. That's what I think it is. She puts her hands in the air like she don't care. Oh, she knows. <laughs> Gina said to me, she goes, so tell me about this Rachel. And I'm like, No. I'm not going to tell you about Rachel. <laughs> what's she like? I said she's no Michael Garay. And then she started worrying about Michael. Well, what's he like? I said he makes me he makes me feel just like Mario Lopez. And now that that got her worried. <laughs> but so Kevin Bickner is a ski jumper from the Norgie Ski Jump in uh, in in uh, what is that? Is that in River Fox River Grove? Right? Fox River Grove. Yeah. Yep. We're going to try to have him on, but today we have Alderman Napolitano. We have uh, uh, the Orland Park Mayor, uh, Keith uh, Pacow. He's going to be on to talk about what we just talked about, the overabundance of caution and just the the literal hysteria that we cause each other in this in this country. If it snows, we're going out for bread and milk. If COVID's coming, we run out and we, we steal and we take all the toilet paper and the paper towels off the shelf. Meanwhile, presidential ratings are as low as they've ever been, and people are getting the crap knocked out of them by eight people in Lakeview. And we're still talking about defunding the police. Follow, follow the, uh, follow the, uh, the smoke screen. I just don't get it. Gary McCarthy is going to talk about Chicago at 820. Janet Davis is going to be here. Nice. That's, is that awesome? I love her. Yeah. Hey, and if I groom like I did yesterday over Cheryl Scott, <laughs> would somebody come in here and just slap me? John Rich from Big and Rich in, uh, in the Pursuit on Fox is going to be at 8.50. And coming up, we are going to talk about people that we lost in Chicago that may not have been front and center on your news feed, may not have been the hero that your kids like to watch or a super figure, but they mean a lot to the community. Let's pay them some proper attribution. We do that next on WLSAM 890. Good morning. Ever tried to file for unemployment in Illinois? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You're better off just... Living on the street. It, 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 it's, it's maddening. <laughs> I'm glad Jesse is not seeking re-election. Hopefully someone will fix that office. That's from Tim in New Lenox. Yeah, that's right. The Secretary of State is closing all driver service facilities for two weeks due to COVID-19. So, Michael, you ready to go? Um, the Secretary of State is closing all driver service facilities for two weeks due to COVID-19. That's the bad news. The good news is the wait is still the same. <laughs> Orland Park, Orland Park doesn't get old. <laughs> it never does. You know they say when you find content that's golden, bleeping golden, <laughs> just keep it. Just keep it. Uh, Orland Park and Arlington Heights mayors want to leave Cook County COVID vaccine mandates up to businesses. We talked about this a little bit earlier. With a, you know, it kind of puts a burden on the restaurant owners. We're going to talk with the mayor of Orland, uh, Keith Bacow. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I've talked to Keith before. He's a really fun. He's a fun mayor. Um, and last time I talked to him was regarding COVID because they were opening up their water parks in the summer. I was just wrapping up a gig for uh, 
for Rush, I think, when uh, when they opened up their water park. And we talked with Keith. He's fun. Uh, and he's a good, good mayor in that community. I love that, uh, that Orland Park, Tinley, Palos area. Um, so we'll find out how, how that works out. There's a lot of people that, uh, that, that, that want to do their own thing. There's restaurants and bars in Chicago. They're kind of putting their arms up in the air because how do you enforce it? What trouble is it causing a city that's pretty troubled already? You know, people are on the edge. People are in bad moods. You know, people don't want people telling them to do what they're doing anymore. And, and then that, that starts trouble. But as long as you have a whistle and you can blow a whistle and run towards them, you can, you can alleviate any trouble in this city. We'll <laughs> That's talk, right. we'll talk more about that too. <laughs> 705, Alderman Napolitano talking about Michelle Smith of the 43rd Ward and her whistleblowing. Uh, it's, it's, it's an old, it's an old thing that was in the 50s. You used to blow a whistle around here. That was before we had cell phones, 911, and concealed carry. <clears throat> I was watching. The ABC World News Tonight with the fill-in guy for David Muir. Now, David Muir, unlike Mario Lopez, unlike The Rock, and unlike Michael Gray, doesn't do anything for him. <laughs> but they were talking about everybody we lost, and there were so many celebrities and, and things like that. And you, you know, and I, I mean, it's always interesting to look back and you say, wow, man, I, I, I remember that person. Ed, you know, Ed Asner, I forgot about these people. But what about the everydays, man? What about the people that, that, that you know weren't necessarily top of mind that that you know had an impact on our life or in our city we just may have forgot about them Timmy Will Black author historian civil rights activist I first learned about this guy sitting in a class at Columbia College in Chicago my instructor was a guy named Harold Lee Rush Jr his official name the official Harold Lee Rush Jr Harold Lee Rush Jr. was a former Black Panther and one of the most interesting men I've ever met in my life. And he taught me a lot. And we are friends to this day. It was an unlikely pairing. And, and this guy was just, you know, because of Timuel Black, Harold Lee Rush Jr. got to teach me a lot of things I wouldn't have ever otherwise known. And he got me my first internship working at WVON. Think about that. You can yeah. do whatever you want, kids. Put your mind to it. You can work anywhere. You can do anything. Tony Esposito. Tonio. Blackhawks legend. He died August 10th after a, a battle with pancreatic cancer. He was 78. Man, Dr. Lester Fisher. You remember that? Every kid listening, as a, everybody knew who Lester Fisher was. Spent 30 years as director of the Lincoln Park Zoo. Became locally famous in that role, but he became locally famous on WGN television. Fritzy Fritschall, Holocaust survivor and activist. Yeah. Chicagoland resident. Survived Auschwitz. Made it her life's mission to tell her story in the world uh, so the world would never forget the horrors of the Holocaust. And one of my dear, dear, dear friends' parents made it through the Holocaust. He uh, is the neighbor across the street from the house I gave away to my ex-wife. And, you know, to listen to to their stories and to listen to them speak, you know, much like Tim Mule Black, that's things we can't we can't forget those things. We gotta we gotta talk about them, we gotta remember them. Bernie Hansen. He was 76, served as the alderman of the 44th Ward. Boy, I tell you what, he'd have been sad to hear about what happened in his Lakeview neighborhood last night, wouldn't he? Yep. Jerry Harkness was a Loyola Ramblers basketball star. Jimmy Hayes, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. He was a right winger. He died at 31. Mm. Played seven seasons in the NHL. Roland, uh, Roland Heeman, White Sox general manager. 
He was 92. Man, can you imagine? Hey, I look at my mom. She's going to be 90. She looks like she's 65. She identifies as, as such. If you tell her different, you're going to get whacked. Um, but what a, could you imagine living that long? Yeah. I can't believe I made it this long. Hilma John <laughs> died at yeah. the age of 81. Uh, he was out in Campton Hills. What, what an architecture uh, the, the swath he left on this city. Yep. Paul Johnson was a uh, was was a mixer. He was one of the original mixers here in town. He died August fourth. He was fifty, not you know a young man. Uh, Dick K, NBC oh, five. Yeah. You know he seemed really gruff, but when you sat down to talk to Dick K, he was a gentle human being. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was about me, but I had a chance to meet Karen Lewis one time from the Chicago Teachers Union, and yeah. and and when I looked at her, I was like, oh my god, this woman is somebody that you don't want to mess with. And and I had a chance to meet her and talk to her and get to know her, and we became friends. Yeah. <laughs> and she was lovely. Uh, she was lovely. Adlai Stevenson III, former U.S. Senator. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers the Stevensons. The Stevensons had a, uh, a really nice farm with a uh, white and red silo cover out in Joe Davis County. Their farm adjoined uh, that of the uh, Lockhart's Grandview Farms. It was a friend I went to high school with. We used to uh, work Charlotte cattle out on that ranch as kids, and I got to meet Adlai Stevenson. He was a good guy. Allison Payne, Channel 9. She was beautiful. Yeah. Allison Payne was a lovely human being. Now, let's get down to brass tacks. These are the ones that, that, that just are gut-wrenching. Um, Deputy Sheriff Sean Riley, Wayne County Sheriff's Office, end of watch, December 29th. Police Officer Tyler Timmons, Beach Park Police Department. End of watch, Tuesday, uh, October 26th. Gunfire is his death. Ella French. Ella Grace French. Remember that name? Say it. Died of gunfire August 7th. We know that one. That one will always be in my mind. Just like the Paul Bauer one. Can't get it out. Police Officer Brian Russell Pierce, Jr., Brooklyn Police Department. End of watch, August 4th. Vehicular assault here in the state. Chris Oberman, Champaign Police Department. May 19th of this year. Cause of death, gunfire. Lieutenant James Kuski, hometown police dependent, uh, the department, end of watch April 3rd, vehicular assault. Whew. Senior Master Trooper Todd Anthony Hakenen, Illinois State Police, March 25th, automobile crash. And police officer Gary Hibbs of the Chicago Heights Police Department, end of watch March 12th, uh, his uh, cause of death assault. And we know that there's one added to that list. Nick will have that story in a little bit. We do not have the name of that officer yet but uh, as soon as we uh, as soon as we get that we'll give them proper attribution too you know god bless our first responders and our policemen where would we be without them and where would we be without the uh, list of people that i just read not necessarily people that are stars or that are uh, on a fathead in your kids bedroom but kids that uh, people that mean a lot to us so i just wanted to stop and say thanks for your service and uh, you mean a lot to us and god bless your families coming up it's really a gift that you can't get on any other radio station. You can't win it by being the 19th caller, but it's a wonderful gift. And it'll be heard by many, and it'll be heard by the most important, should you believe. We do that next on WLS AM 890. So when I, when I think of you going into a new year and what we've been through, I, I think that maybe, you know, what can I do for you to give back to you that give me so much throughout the year? And I thought, there's a guy. There's a guy I know, and it's not. It's not Alderman Napolitano, and it's not Gary McCarthy, and it's not John Rich from Big and Rich, the the, the guy from the band and the Fox that we're going to talk about. Maybe it's a connection 
to something a little bit larger. Maybe it's a connection to the guy upstairs, and that got me to thinking about one of my favorite people in the whole world, Father Terry from Holy Name Church in Inverness. Hi, Father. Hello, Ray. How are you? Father, I've been well. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for this opportunity to, to chat with you, and um, we just, uh, just just love listening to you, and uh, we're, we're excited at Holy Family about several things. But one of them is a, a pilgrimage that we got coming up. It's a year-long uh, renewal. It's a um, kind of a shot in the arm. We're looking to Dr. Terry Nelson Johnson from Old St. Pat's for some inspiration. It's preaching on some Sundays and some follow-up on Wednesdays, five Wednesdays. We're Catholic, and we're asking you to come to church on five Wednesdays. That's pretty big. Well, you know, you know, there's a couple of things that just struck me in what you said. If you say that you listen all the time and that you you love me, I know. I, I, see, I know you mean that because you are a Catholic priest. You can't lie to me. That's a, so. That's the nope. that's the that's the straight on truth. I love that. That's a, that's exactly right, Ray. Now, you know what? I'd like to do a year pilgrimage, but I want to get away from all of this craziness. I want to get away from COVID. I want to get away from the world for a little bit. How how do you? How do you get ready to to do your Sunday service, your Wednesday service? Your your you know well, I mean there's so much going on in the world. It's got to hit a guy like you pretty hard. How do you continue to keep people motivated? You know, Ray, what's interesting about that is the classic thing is the scriptures. You know, the church gives us the scriptures that are just these classic uh stories inspired by God and it's absolutely amazing how they can be applied and reapplied and re-energized year in and year out. And so, um, you know, that, so for example, with this pilgrimage, we're, we're, we're saying what, what, what makes a pilgrimage and our angle on it is three things. Um, that uh, Mary's not the only one that's full of grace. The world is full of grace. There's a lot more than seven sacraments, and we're giving folks language to talk about how sacredness is mediated and shared between people. So our next... Uh, Event really is the eighth and ninth of uh, January with with the preaching on Sunday and then uh, the twelfth. Just go to our website and you can get all kinds of information about our adventures and grace of pilgrimage. I've had a chance to see you uh, do your work. I've had a chance to see you uh, marry some friends of mine. I've had a chance, I think, to dance with you and sing to the Reverend Al Green. I I, I, I almost can believe that. And I have got to get back to church because here there's seven sacraments and I thought there was six. I am a horrible Catholic, but I am forgiven. And I and I hold that one in the in the hip pocket. So here's what I want to do, Father. Here's what I want to do, Father Terry, Holy Name Church Inverness. Um, you've been on the radio with me before. You know the drill. Can we do for the WLSAM eight ninety listener? And I know some people. If if this doesn't fit your thing, that's okay. But but faith is good, you know. And and I I was wondering maybe being through the you know only two years. To, to flatten the curve with what we've been through with Chicago and crime and COVID and a horrible bear season. Can we do a New Year prayer? You got it, Ray. I'd be honored. All right. I am ready. Friends, this is Father Terry, Holy Name Church, Inverness, Illinois, with the WLSAM 890 New Year prayer. So regardless of our religious affiliations and our spiritual preferences, let us pause beneath the one God join with the one God who has given all life to us as a gift. Each one of you listening, your life is a gift of love from God. And let's be confident that God is listening to us. So let us pray, or in this case, let us ray pray. <laughs> Ray-man. God, 
Loving God, we pause and revel in this radio medium that is truly an instrument of your spirit. Say it again. It generates waves of grace. All of your people call these days holy, days that conclude one year and welcome a new one, days that our faith reveals light in darkness, and in doing so illuminates our hope of new and sacred life. We're in the midst of challenging times in our metropolitan area, our state, our country, and our world. We need hope so badly now. We're divided in the midst of a pandemic that ushers even more division as we respond to it. Loving God, call us to greater unity, to greater respect. Guide us in the responsibility of caring for our common home, the earth, that you have entrusted to our care. Care that will lead us to stronger unity as we share it into the future. Move us past pandemic into health, past division into shared vision. Help us simply to have more joy and fun in 22. Fun. We need more fun. We give you thanks. We, are, we give you thanks in our grace as we acknowledge your presence in our lives and your love in our hearts. Give us gratitude for a year concluded in anticipation of your greater blessings as a new one dawns. And to all this we say amen, or in this case, Raymond. Say it again. Raymond. Raymond. Father, you know I love you, brother. I love you too, Ray. This is when we take the offering plate, and we'd usually pass it around, but I've set up a GoFundMe if you'd like to donate to me. Um, <laughs> at the Church of Ray, you know, officiated by Father Terry at the uh, Holy Family Church in Inverness. Can we come see you on Sunday, sir? Can, what, what, time are, uh, what time is Mass? 5 o'clock on Saturday, 7.30, 9, 11 on Sunday, and then... We have uh, periodically a 4 o'clock team mass on Sunday. So. Say a prayer for the Bears, too. You got it. And, and for, the love of, for the love of all things holy, please say a prayer for me, would you? You got it, Ray. Sometimes they don't go hurt, and I worry. <laughs> Father Terry, good to talk to you, brother. God bless you, Ray. Thanks. <laughs> God, thanks for this opportunity. You're very welcome. It's all, this guy's such a good guy. Father Terry, Holy Family Church, Inverness. Nick, how do you feel after that? Oh, man, the spirit has settled in and is moving me. You know, I'm telling you what, and, and you you probably noticed just by, you know, working with me for this short period of time, although we know each other pretty well. Um, you know, I, Gina is the one that has the faith in my in my house and my mother. You know, and I was raised Catholic and, and, and uh, you know, now we're more Christian Reformed because that's what she likes to do. And I tell you, whenever I go to church and then I come back, I feel better. I should go more mm -hmm. often. You know, you heathen. I know, I know. But, you know, I also think that if I can go into the middle of the woods and rejoice in what God has given me on a snowmobile with somewhere south of 200 horsepower, that that does it for me, too. Now, there's something to be said about that. Well, I, I do think that, that we do need to lean on faith. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I don't make a joke out of Father Terry because, you know, I, I think that everybody just needs a little. Yeah, we need to lift each other up and not be so, you know, we're so quick to just bust on each other and judge and you do this and if you don't do that you're a bad person and man i just i would i would like to go through my life without everybody having to be up in everybody's business all the time go back to a time when am radio was the way that people got their news a gentler gentler kinder time you know then this uh the social media came along and it kind of ruined everything for us but uh we're you know i, I have a feeling that as, uh, as as the father prayed things will get better two more three more years four to flatten the curve will be fine all right, coming up next, <laughs> we're going to talk about the the whistleblower 
situation that one alderman wants to do here in Chicago. In the 43rd, it's uh, Alderman Michelle Smith. And she wants to talk about if there's a crime, if there's something going on, and you see it, you get involved. Now, you blow your whistle, you run towards these people that are committing the crime, and meanwhile, you're calling 911, you're asking for help, but you're hopefully blowing a whistle so people see and they say, hey, something's going on here. Um, draw attention to it. <laughs> I would tell you, this is, a, this is a real story. Howell and I used to teach our kids when we, we thought this was a good idea. We, both of our boys would hang out from time to time. And John and I would teach our kids because we were, you know, we were guys that if we were out with our kids and, and if, if, if they got lost and if somebody grabbed them, we would teach them to yell mm-hmm. and scream, this isn't my father, this isn't my yeah. father, help. This isn't my mom, this isn't my... Our kids would do that to us on purpose. <laughs> you get a chance to ask John Howell about that, call him and ask him when he's back here next week. He'll laugh. Uh-huh. You, you'll, you know what? Have him tell you a story like that because it, our kids are just nuts like that. It's not my dad. I'm like, oh, my God. Next thing I know, I'm being detained in a Walmart for an hour by the Batavia police. <laughs> but I get what she's saying. I get, But it's just it just seems to me that it's kind of a crazy idea in this day and age, given the thing our city goes through. You call him Alderman Napolitano. Me? I call him Naps. He's next just to talk about this idea, whether it's good or bad. I'm guessing he might think it's... I'll let him say it. Coming up next on WLSA 890. They call me the rental ray. How you doing? Glad to be here. <laughs> what? Rental ray. Come on, ray. <laughs> FDA says rapid COVID antigen chests may be less sensitive in detecting Omicron. Omicron camellia. I cannot believe the the people that are in line at some of the area testing sites. I passed the one on Farnsworth. There's also one in Lyle. You can see it on I-88. It's to the south, right before you exit to 355. And the lines to get in there in the afternoon are absolutely crazy. Now, my question is this. Are you people fall down sick? Are you on your... Well, you're not. You're, you're obviously, you know, well enough to drive. Right. You're not on your deathbed. <laughs> but as we as we, as we we learned from, from the Fouch, you're not going to hug anybody. You're not going to kiss anybody. You're not no. going to go to parties. Um, but, but is it, is it that you just want to protect, you know, people in your, your family that might be susceptible to, you know, preconditioned conditions, preexisting conditions, maybe, maybe it hits them real hard. You know, we've been really careful about, uh, you know, grandma, you know, grandma Pat's 89 years old, healthy as a horse, yeah. but yeah, she gets COVID, man. It might knock her right down. Um, don't know, but you know, you want to be careful. I get that. But I'm I'm just not the kind of guy that uh, you know if I if I get sick right now I'm gonna call um, who's the program director here Stephanie, Stephanie. yeah Stephanie I want to call Stephanie I'm gonna say hey I don't feel good probably best for me just to to stay home and if I don't feel good I'm not gonna go uh, around other people we're gonna talk to Gary McCarthy at eight oh five I talked to Gary McCarthy last night former uh, uh, chief of police here in Chicago we we must have talked for an hour back and forth texting about. Our lives oh. and everything, and, and he was at a party where somebody came that was sick, and now his whole family, with the exception of him, has COVID. Why would oh, you go to a party geez. if you're sick? I mean, right. we learn this in kindergarten, don't we? And, yeah. And, and really, <laughs> you know, radio stations are a petri dish of uh-huh. disease and, and vile, nasty things, and that's on a good year. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, when you're sick, you tend not to come. 
into a radio station. And i got to tell you, this place is pretty darn careful about what they do. Everybody here wears a mask. They clean up after themselves. You know, and, and who knows if any of this stuff is working, but, you know, you do it because you, you don't want to get sick. I get that. But I just wonder, are these folks that are in these cars waiting in these lines, are they just that sick or do they just want to know? Are we so moved to an abundance of caution right now, which is a lot of what a lot of people ca- call it, are we so moved to an abundance of caution that we need to know? And this does put a strain on those workers. It puts a strain on the tests. The tests are expensive. The tests that you get at the drugstores now, they say uh, they may not work in detecting Omicron. It says it might give you a false negative. And o- Omicron, as we now know, and it's all confusing. And, Nick, I'll lean on you because you're the newsman and you know everything and you're a part-time doctor. <laughs> but, you know, you know, it's confusing because, you know, you hear about, Okay, you're going to need a Vax card downtown. If you're going out, wear your mask. If you come downtown, you heard uh, Mayor Lightfoot, you know, say, behave yourself, blah, blah, blah. We hear that all the time. But then you hear the CDC saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to relax the, uh, the testing, uh, or the, the, the mitigation time and the, the downtime, downtime yeah. and the isolation time. Right. Um, that, 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 you know, after you've had COVID, now it's five days. It went from 14 to 10 to five. So I think what happens is we get a mixture of, of signals and people talking about what it is, how it works, and, and it confuses us. And what happens when people get confused? They get nervous. They get worried. They get scared. And they line up in lines, and it is absolutely amazing to see what's going on. I, I mean, I'm not a guy that uh, that, that lives my life. I mean, I, I do some crazy things that could probably injure me, might even kill me, mm-hmm. whether that's motorcycle riding, bicycle riding, mountain bike riding, snowmobile racing. But I take care of myself health wise, so I don't I don't feel like I'm in a lot of danger. But watch this ki- watch this catch me and kill me. Well, I bet you that happens. And if it does, everybody just laugh and say he had a good life. Live, baby. See a robbery robbery happening. Uh this is what Michelle Smith of the forty third would like you to do. Um obviously there's been a, a significant surge in, in crime in Chicago. And it, you know, everybody would like to think that it started, you know, around the time of George Floyd or Jacob Blake, but you'd be fooling yourself because yeah. it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time, people just let it happen in certain neighborhoods. And as long as it didn't get out here, well, right. that's okay because that's how messed up this city is. Better, better work to fix it. Better look for answers. Those people living in those tough neighborhoods that y'all like to make fun of when you watch the TV at night, they, they deserve to be safe. And to have a life just as good as you or me or anybody else. Those are the neighborhoods they were born in. That's where they love to live. I say this all the time, but when you go down and you visit Brighton Park or you visit Inglewood and you're, you're there, um, the, the, the neighborhood is, is by and large happy to see you. Now, there will be some people that come up and ask you what you be about. And when they ask you that, you better hope that there's a Chicago police officer with you. What you be about is usually somebody saying, well, you're in my neighborhood, and you better get out of here now. Yeah. But there's, there's, and I understand, I understand that, that there's a lot of neighborhoods that are tough, and, and, you know, you take your life in your hands going to them. I ain't going to lie about that. You can't sugarcoat it. You know, not every area in Chicago, uh, neighborhood in Chicago is safe. But it's sad that it has to get to Lakeview before anybody says, hey, man, we got to stop this now. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, uh, it's on the magnificent mile. Stores are closing. We're losing money. Well, we better do something about it now. But last year it was all, let's defund the police. And my gosh, we need social reform and social justice. What we need in this town is we need common sense prosecution. And I think we'll be okay. But here's what Alderman Michelle Smith wants 
you to do. And I've got a call into Michelle. I don't think she's going to call me back. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Maybe if Rachel calls her. Because I noticed that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put Rachel on it. People respond to Rachel a lot quicker than me. Uh Uh-huh. I did notice that uh, at 7.35, we're talking to Kevin Bickner. He is the the skier, or I shouldn't say skier. He is the ski jumper from uh, the Norgie Ski Center that has qualified for the Olympics. Um, And he's going to talk to us about Nick and I trying to go down this ski jump. (laughs) And we're going to talk about his uh, foray into the Olympics as well and wish him well. I think it's so cool. That somebody yeah. from here is doing that, and 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 I know that that place is is that that the Norgi Ski Jumping Center has been there forever, and I know it's technical, and I know you turn out premium athletes. I just still get excited about it when I hear about Olympians from from Chicago and from this area doing well. I just love it. But back to Michelle Smith, if you see something going on, don't only say something, do something. And what she's saying is, get yourself a whistle. Blow that whistle, run toward the crime, call 911. Whoa, do that again. Ooh, I want to stop that. That hurts my ears. Let's go. Let's stop this robbery in progress. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of some crazy things. I mean, really, what do you think? Please, somebody tell me. 312-591-8900. Is this not the most insane thing you have ever heard about? I don't Meanwhile, wanna... <laughs> every dog in the neighborhood, right? Is that the old thing? You, you blow the whistle, the you, dogs come running. You blow a whistle and, you know, the local kinder care's locking down, the school's calling. Every, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I don't, I want to be a glasses half full kind of guy. I don't want to be negative about this, but this seems wrought with danger. Is it just me? Is it just me? Somebody's no. committing a crime in this town. Most of these gun, these towns in this uh, crimes in this town are with are with guns. Some are. What did Tom Tunney say when we talked to him the other day? You know, you might get pistol whipped. I don't want to get pistol whipped. <laughs> this is like 1920s policing. You got the cop with his nightstick and he's blowing the whistle. But that, of course, you don't get a nightstick, right? But, She's not proposing nightsticks. Uh, you know what? This is this is what they did in the fifties. This was actually an idea from the fifties, and you'd blow the whistle. And, and, but you know, let's. But we didn't have technology then. We didn't have cameras everywhere. We didn't have nine one one, and we didn't have these things called. What are they? Help me! Help me! Help me! Why can't I think of it? Oh, wireless phones. <laughs> but here's the thing, friends: if you want to blow your whistle and run towards a crime in a city where the police force is depleted, because one. They get castigated for everything they do. And two, nobody wants to sign up and they're retiring in droves. Yes. Who's going to show up to help you? It's going to take a long time for somebody to get there. So, like, yeah, like better a, idea would be a Smith and Wesson, I think. Like, uh, well, you said that, not me, Nick. That's fine. I'm That's on the record. You, you that. said that, Smith and Wesson. Sam, more of a Glock guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring a whistle. You can't feed an old never jam. <laughs> you know, and we're going to talk to McCarthy here at 8.05 this morning. He said, he goes, you don't bring a whistle to a gunfight unless, <laughs> unless it's on the barrel of a gun. We talk with him at 8.05. <laughs> breaker, breaker. Come on now. It's a double R here. It's your rental, Ray. We're, uh, we're running this uh, Ford Nifty 150 northbound, 5139 to the North Country. Come on one time. <laughs> He's here. He's... uh you know, I, I was gonna. I told him. I said, you know, now I know why they call you naps. I'm, you know, I'm busting them chops a little bit because that's what us guys do, us Chicago guys. But he's up early working a, a COVID uh, a testing center over in his oh. ward. 
Uh, Alderman Anthony. Anthony Napolitano. Hey, bud. Good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. How are things in the uh, How are things in the ward this morning? They're good. Good. Sorry, I missed your call earlier. We have a uh, a COVID testing site in the uh, in the ward right next to our office that we host, uh, and it's open on Mondays and Thursdays. So I had to get there early and make sure it was open. You going to uh, do it? Uh, what days are they open there? We open on Mondays and on Thursdays. It's open from uh, 10 in the morning till 6 o'clock at night um, for anybody in the ward that uh, wants to get tested for COVID. It's uh, no insurance needed, and it's free. It's free to anybody that comes in. You know, until uh, Chopez down there on the 15th uh, declares his run for mayor and I run his comms department, I'm I'm kind of, uh, you know, sketchy on where I'll be working. If you need me to, to swap people, I can do that. <laughs> I might take you up on that. Now let me know. Let me know. <laughs> All right, Anthony Napolitano is here. He's uh, you know his ward is the uh, what I can't remember if it's forty one, forty two, forty six, forty six, right? Forty one. You know, you know what it is. Forty one. I know. I'm just messing with you because I messed it up last time. <laughs> but to see a robbery happening here, let me ask you this: You're former uh, former Chicago fireman, right? Uh, Chicago fireman and a police officer yep. too. I was going to get to that. This is a guy that fights with himself. <laughs> I mean, really, Chicago firemen, you know, you're either, what do they call you guys, hose pullers, and then what do they call the cops? I don't know, but they, there's there's a, a fun little rivalry there. They have rugby games, baseball games, football games, where it gets pretty intense. I've been. But, uh, you know, you're a guy that has a history of running towards danger, running towards people that need help. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think most people in a situation where they see somebody in, in, a, in dire straits, most people will run and help. You're a pro. You've done it. You've been there. So tell me what you think about this as a former uh, CPD guy, a guy that's seen a lot. Somebody's uh, somebody's in a situation where there might be two, three, four gang members. Maybe it's the 6-2 gang. Maybe it's MS-13. Maybe it's the Kings. Who knows? But they're there, and they've got their, they've got their guns that have all come here illegally through Indiana, not anywhere else, just these straw buyers, because that's how we get illegal guns, but I digress. And and something bad is going on, and, and are you going to run towards them with a whistle, blowing a whistle, just like that, yes or no, and why or why not? God, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I think that's one of the most ridiculous um, answers or solutions to to the problem. Okay, I want to stop there. you right there for a second. This yeah. is Anthony Napolitano from the Forty First Naps. Okay, just want you to listen to this one more time, Michael. Sure. Just, just did not. Now, seriously, I want you to take a li- take a listen to this. That is a that's a pretty serious whistle. You're sure now. You know what? Maybe I'm. Maybe I should second guess it. Maybe I, I want to just run away. I, I actually need <laughs> What about one of those little bike uh, bells? You know? Yes. That yes. Would, that might... Cowbell. You yeah. need more cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell. <laughs> I mean, here. This is this is exactly the things. I mean. What what goes on at City Hall? That, that I mean, really, is this what goes on? What do you? What, my mom would say, "What are you and your friends doing over there, Alderman?" I mean, what in the heck is she thinking? Yeah, I was saying that you know what this this is this is the direction that that our city's going, and this is this is why our crime is escalating, and and this is why when the concept for how do we get ahead of crime, this is what the ideas that pop up, and this is why we are not getting ahead of crime. Like when we first heard this, our joke was, "What's next? They're going to take the, the guns away from the police as well, and give them a whistle, and tell them that." If the whistle doesn't work, tell them stop, or you're going to say stop again, because uh, that's that's the direction it's going. 
um, it, it, it's not, now you're now you're putting civilians in jeopardy um, by saying, "Hey, run towards them with a whistle and, and 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 blow that whistle to scare them away." Nobody's afraid in the city right now. No criminals are afraid. They're not going to run. Someone's coming at them with a whistle. They're, that that's the, the next victim. They're going to go after them too because they know that the police. There's not enough police officers. There's nobody taking the job. There's nobody. There's nobody patrolling anymore because we're, we're we're losing police officers at a higher rate of attrition than we ever had before. Not just from retirement, from quitting, and lateral transfers. That now you're putting citizens in jeopardy, hoping that that whistle is going to be heard by a police officer somewhere near that's going to come save them from getting their butts kicked by the gang members as well, or or robbed. Or, or beat within an inch of their life, or shot and killed, and added to the what forty five hundred people shot in the city of Chicago, or keeping us past that eight hundred homicide number. Um, it's it's so ridiculous. It's it's the disconnection from the people in power from what's actually going on in the street. You know, I, I you you threw that number out last week when we talked to you, and um, my friends at, uh, at at the network at Fox asked me if I'd be on tomorrow morning to talk about that number because when they call, and I always kind of joke, whenever I'm on Fox you know, National News, something bad has happened in Chicago. Well, they heard the number that you threw out there. They could not believe that number. So in a, in a, in a city where 4,500 have been shot, and, and, and that just means and goes to show you that there's one, there's two things. There's The first thing is the first responders and, and the EMTs and the medical service here is really, really, really good. And two, these are not people you'd want to be be at deer camp with you because they would wound a deer and the deer would run away. They're a bad shot. I don't mean to make light of that, but these people are a bunch of morons. Let me ask you this, Anthony Napolitano, the 41st Ward. If the whistles aren't a good idea, and we're talking about archaic uh, thoughts here. This is a 50-year-old program that used to happen before cell phones, before there was a thing as 911. Um, do you or would any of your constituents maybe think that if we used a... A kazoo, it would be better. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe the kazoo, a tambourine, something. The whistle just doesn't do it anymore. There's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a concept in there that we can invent right now. We can make it better. How, but, uh, how do you how do you do this job? How do you how do I, I mean you know there's there's certain people that I know that have this city's best interests in mind. Um, but when when I hear things like this, this this is. You said it yourself. How do we ever get a, a, a grip on crime? How do we ever turn this thing around? Yet everybody's crying about it. Everybody's moaning about it. Everybody's like, oh, my God, but I love this city. It's my city. It's a beautiful city. It's going to get better. How's it ever going to get better? You know, what you have to do is the, the first thing is we have to dismantle the uh, the head of operations to, to the Chicago Police Department. and We have to put in somebody that's got a little bit more experience. I like David Brown. I don't think he's a bad guy, but he's not from Chicago. He doesn't know how this works. Um, he doesn't have the concept of Chicago policing down like like some of the some of the head um, or, or top echelon officers that we've lost because of the, the morale is completely plummeted in the city of Chicago. And then we got to actually get into our our judicial system and make sure that the prosecution of criminals is actually being carried out from from commitment of crime to serving prison prison time. No more ankle bracelets. No more out on no bail. Just out. You can't. It's a revolving door effect, and it, it's it's got to stop. And when they ask for federal help to come in to help Chicago, that's where they need help. The feds have to go get into our judicial system and restructure it, and actually start prosecuting offenders for crimes. Anthony Napolitano, Alderman Forty Forty First Ward. We've talked about this before. How much of yeah. this is set up? So, you know, it, it seems like a a whirlwind, a toilet swirl of 
prosecutors that need to have jobs, lawyers that need to have jobs, jailers that need to have jobs, people that need to have jobs. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot about mental health and people need mental health care, and I agree with that. But how much of this is all just part of a system that keeps a lot of people making money? Oh, it's absolutely part of a system. It, it, it's it's part of a of a political agenda. Uh, if, if you want to look into it, look at what, what Kim Fox or the type of agenda that she's running on. She ran on clearing out the jails. And, hey, that's a great concept the first time you get in office and see if it works. But we're, we're almost eight or, what, seven years into her, her reign into the, an astronomical crime rate that we've never seen before in the city of Chicago. I mean, we can't even use the Meg Mile anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. Nobody goes downtown. Every every neighborhood that's never seen crime before has, has tripled their crime. Um, it, it's We live in the land of the lost right now. There's There's... There's no opportunity for for law-abiding citizens just to walk around and enjoy the city anymore because it's overrun by criminals. The Mag Mile is turning into the Mag Mile is turning into a pop-up store to sell fireworks and Halloween costumes. That's a fact. It's unbelievable. So, and 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 I like what you said there about you know Chicago is a pretty parochial town. They don't like outsiders, and if you're an outsider, it's going to take you a long time to groove in in this town. And 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 you can't bring in somebody that doesn't know this area doesn't know this town, doesn't know how to talk to it, doesn't know the neighborhoods, and think that they're going to be successful to police it. Yeah. If you were just to pull a random police officer on your show and give him the name uh, Officer X, or have heard the name Officer X, and ask her what the morale like is on the department, not some upper echelon that's paid to be in that position that, yeah. you know, that's, wearing, that's wearing the bars, not the stripes, or just the blue uniform, they're going to tell you the same thing. They're marking a wall. they got the tally marks on the wall the day that they can leave. <sighs> There's zero morale. Nobody wants to be on the street right now because they know the city's not going to back them up. The judicial system's not going to back them up. And some of the upper echelon um, uh, supervisors aren't going to back them up. So why go out and do the job? We used to get 40,000 people taking this take this job. Now we can't get less than, less than 2,000 applying for the job. Well, buddy, I'm... Uh... I'm 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 concerned for our city. Uh, leave us with something good. I always ask you this because I'm a you know I know you're a, you're a God fearing good American. We're glass half full kind of guys. Tell me something good going on the ward before I cut you loose this morning. I'll give you the reason why I was late today. If anyone needs a uh, COVID test for any reason, just to check before the holidays too, to make sure they don't get any family members sick. If you go to seventy four forty six North on Harlem, there's a free t- uh, COVID testing site. Um, no insurance needed. You'll have your results immediately, and then you'll get the the second results within a day or two on, on the computer. Hey, man, I uh, I appreciate you always uh, being here when we need you. You're a good man, and I uh, thank you for your service. And uh, you've always got to you – know, I might be on Channel 19 on the CB on Monday, but you're always welcome to chime in, okay? <laughs> you got it, Rubber Ducky. Yeah, no, Midnight Rider. That's my handle, okay? <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for having me. 10-4, good buddy. Take care. <laughs> Anthony Napolitano from the uh, – what a, what a, you see that? See, guys like that give me hope in this city. Let's get you over to the Update Center really yeah. quick. Nikki's going to check on traffic, and then, is he going to need a new knee? Is he going to need a new hip? Is it a tibula? Is it a femur? What could be what could be broke? <laughs> Why is Ray and Nick uh, sharing a <laughs> hospital bed? Coming up next on WLSA 890. <laughs> Time now for our continuing coverage of the Beijing Winter Olympic Games on WLSA 890. I am Ramblin' Ray Stevens, joined by my hearty co-host, Nick Gale. Actually, right. actually, it's Nick Gale and Renter Ray. That's how we should, that's how we should billboard this thing. <clears throat> Bruce and Judy back Monday morning. Monday morning here on the Big 89. Tan, rested and ready. Wakanda native Kevin Bickner heading back 
to the Winter Olympics. It's going to be his second consecutive games. The 22 Winter Olympics will be held in Beijing. Will be his second. He finished 20th in the large hill competition in the last Olympics. I just find it fascinating, and I know I shouldn't, that there's talent everywhere in the world, and that right here in the Chicago suburbs, up there, you know, just not too far from the chain of death, is the Norgi ski jump, and you see it when you're out there, and it's it's you, you and you look at it as a as a as a guy that thinks you still you, you might have a little too much testosterone running in your bones, and you might think, okay. I might be able to maybe like to do something like that. You know, I, I'm a skier. I did a back scratcher once at Wilmot Mountain. You know, I was on the uh, West Chicago ski team. We used to run NASTAR. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, I trust you. My my guest knows what NASTAR is. It's Kevin Bickner. Good morning, Kevin. Welcome to WLS. Morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are very welcome. Thanks for calling. Where are you now? I know you're somewhere far, far away from home, correct? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I'm in Garmisch, Germany right now, uh, here for a New Year's competition. Okay, so you start skiing when you're three years old. Yes. What is it that led you to jumping off of one of these jumps at nine years old, and what did mom and dad say? <laughs> well, I was really into skiing, but, you know, living in Chicago, I didn't really have the opportunity to do it very often. You'd go once, maybe twice a year. And when I was nine years old, um, some family friends decided to bring my family to the Norgi Ski Club. And that's where I watched ski jumping for the first time. I thought it was really cool. And I decided I wanted to give it a try. So no. I went back after the competition, and they set me up with a pair of skis and let me go off the jump. How? So, so you're nine years old. At what point do you say, okay, man, I'm, I'm flying. I'm a, I'm a flyer now. I can do this. At what point do you, do you feel it, that that confidence hits you that now you, 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 it just – because, I mean, it has to be – is it daunting when you're up there and you've got the wind playing into the factor? There might be a little snow at times. Is, it, is, it, is there anything that, that makes you nervous anymore or does the confidence just surpass that? Yeah, not so much. I mean, if the weather gets super gnarly, you might be a little nervous, but, you know, you do it as much as I do and – uh, you're not too afraid of going off any jump anymore. What is it? And this is uh, Kevin Bickner. He's on the. Uh, he's he's going to the Olympics as a. Uh, do I call you a ski jumper? Are you a ski flyer? What is the correct terminology? Yes, ski jumper. Okay, ski jumper. So, in 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 layman's term and feet, how far are you going? Um, a typical competition, um, like the large hill that you are going to watch at the Olympics, um, anywhere from 120. Uh, up to like 140 meters. So you had to do the be... you had to do the meters thing, didn't you? Let me <laughs> yeah, hold on. Sorry. Let me get my iPhone out, Kevin. That's 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 more than 22 feet. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> much more. And and what is it about you when you're in the air? And you said you said if the weather gets gnarly, and and I know that I'm I'm certain that due to safety protocols and things like that, if the wind is too much, you guys probably cancel. Correct? Yeah, they yeah. will cancel if the wind gets too extreme, but. but um, a lot of it depends also on the direction of the wind, the consistency of it. So, would you? I have jumped in pretty strong wind before. Would you rather have a, a wind to your to your front or to your back when you're jumping? Definitely to your front. Um, Does that help you elevate? Like, yeah, it's kind of like a plane taking off. Okay. Uh, you can ride on top of that wind. It gives you lift. So, if you have headwind, you are definitely going to go further than if you have tailwind. You know what? I'm just going to say it right now. We're talking to you know. 
musicians today, former uh, uh, police chiefs, mayors. You're the coolest guy we're going to talk to all week, maybe all year. I mean, really. Appreciate it. I mean, come on, man. You're just a stud. You got them, and I'm sure they clank like pickle jars. Um, do you, I mean, what are, you, what are your goals for this year? And, and at, at 25, are you, how long can you do this? This is actually a sport you can do for quite a while. Um, there are guys on the World Cup circuit right now who are in their upper 30s. Okay. So as long as you stay healthy, you can keep going. Okay, now here's why I ask. And I'm sure that you don't, I'm, don't get me wrong, I know you are an elite athlete. You are, you are the, you know, you're the best of the best. What does a guy have to go do if he says, you know what, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm a little half crazy. I think there's still something left in me that I could I could do this. I mean, you started when you were nine. I mean, what a, yeah. what is a guy like Nick Gale? And this isn't me because I don't have this ability. Oh, but come this guy, on, this don't guy throw me he, under the bus. This guy thinks he does. Not not on your level. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We respect you, and I'm not. But what is a common every J? I mean, here people ski. They they freestyle uh, snowboard. They they uh, you know. I, I mean. I could go to a mountain and crash gates. It doesn't mean I'm going to do very well, but I can. I can anybody train to do this? And what's the process? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you wanted to try it out, take a few jumps for fun, um, you could go down to the Nordy Ski Club, sign up, uh, and they will set you up with the proper equipment. And they have a five meter. Um, and that's that's a really small jump. You know, that's the jump that they send like five-year-olds off. Okay, that's where we'd so. be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've uh I have seen um some news people come out to Fox River Grove before. Yeah. And they did send one of the guys off of the 5 meter, never been on skis before and he crashed a little bit on his okay. first jump and he went up again, <laughs> did it and landed. So, anyone can get started if they wanted to. Well, yeah, then that's the thing, you know, cuz it's it's you know, our, the news guy here is a guy that thinks he can do this, and and we're going to reach out to the Norgi Ski Jump to see if that's even possible. Kevin Bickner is here. Kevin, I, I wish you the absolute best of luck in the Olympics. Uh, your Thank parents you so must be absolutely thrilled. Would you? Is there anybody you want to say hi to? I mean, you're in Germany. Uh, are you <laughs> anybody you want to say hi to in the Chicagoland area while you got the chance? Uh, yeah, just anyone who's on listening from Wakanda. Um, it's awesome to be on the show and uh, speak to the people, the city. Well, buddy. Uh, we are watching you. You're, uh, you know, outside of your mom. You married girlfriend? What? <laughs> no, not married. Okay. Any sisters, brothers? Yeah, I got two sisters. Okay, so I'm your fifth biggest fan. You got mom, dad, the sisters, and then it's me. Okay. Yep. And if you Sounds can, good. when you when you're collecting your medals, if you can say, hey, I'd like to also give a shout out to Ray at WLS <laughs> for for being behind me for for the last 32 minutes. <laughs> Buddy, yeah, of course. Buddy, I I appreciate you calling. I know it's early where you are. Have a great new year. We're going to be watching you. You are a superb athlete. I don't have to tell you that. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. All right, partner. You be well. Good luck. Thanks. What a good guy, man. That's it right there. And you think that you can awesome. jump off of a jump with the likes of a guy like that? No. Where do you come <laughs> off, Nick? No, no, where, no. Nick no. Gale, where, do you, where does a guy like you think you can do that? Hello. Double R. Romando Sanchez, Ray Stasekel, if you're from West Chicago, Winfield, that part of Illinois, the uh, state of Illinois, dry, shutting down all their driver service facilities for two weeks due to COVID-19. Okay, when does this start? It starts uh, January 3rd through the 17th, so I guess I still have time to go get my uh, my decal because I waited too long. I waited too long to get my uh, my decal for the back of the uh, nifty 
150. So I, I, I go out to an area out there in the uh, western suburbs where it's actually, the, the weight's not bad. The people are really friendly, and, uh, and it's not bad. So I'll go do that today. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of the year, I might be hanging different plates on that car. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, coming up this morning at uh, 8.05, uh, COVID seems to be the rage. We know that. Um, it's up for grabs whether or not Chicago students will go back to school. Nick, are you following that? Have they said? Are they? I know that the school, the teachers union is saying, "No, nah, it's dangerous. Yeah. We don't we don't want to go back. It's dangerous. We want to shut her down." And uh, and and it would seem to me that that probably is more likely than anything. Well, uh, yeah, and I don't know. I haven't seen anything as far as even talks going on. Uh, so I don't know what is going to happen. But I mean. Those kids are all being tested, right? They were sent home with tests. So you would think that that would be some reassurance. But, you know, you have the Secretary of State shutting things down. Yeah, who knows? 805, uh, there's a certain contingent of people that say they're not going to go along with the with the mandates, the shutdowns. One of those uh, towns is Arlington Heights. The mayors want to leave it up to um, the businesses as to how they see fit to handle this because, man, it, it's going to put undue pressure on restaurants bars shops what do you do do you stop everyone and say you know das papers let me see your papers before you go in i should have asked uh, kevin bickner if he needed to show his papers in germany um <laughs> but uh, you know it, I, it in that and that's what a lot of people are uh, that's what a lot of people are concerned with is is how do you enforce it is it is it reality um you know, even the other day, I believe it was Mayor Lori Lightfoot that said, uh, out of an abundance of caution, uh, we're going to shut her down. We're going to shut things down out of an abundance of caution. And, and um, But I will say this, and you may not like it, but that's too bad. But it would seem to me that if, at least if we can keep restaurants open and running and we don't have to shut down businesses, well, then that to me is a win. And I know that a lot of people that listen to this radio station want to say, oh, we're wearing masks because we're sheep and, you know, if, if wearing a mask means that I can uh, be able to go out and dine and help somebody out, well, then I will. I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I want to tell you why I don't like wearing a mask. And this is where, you know, it gets preachy. And I know that, you know, there's some people that would preach, agree. Preach, brother. Preach. Well, no, this is where, you know, you, you know, here, now this is, this is the way I think. And, and, and maybe this has something to do with why we got the name for our boat in the cardboard regatta on July 23rd in Crystal Lake. Misunderstood. Maybe right. this is why I'm so misunderstood. Because here you are telling me to wear a mask with no thought or sensitivity to how dry my lips get after wearing it. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. If the wind's blowing, my skin will be protected by that mask, but my lips get very chapped in there. Uh -huh. and, and I'd like people to think about that. Think about me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's Blistex or something. Carmex. Well, I've got stuff for when I have. The, I've got stuff for when I have the flare-ups, Nick. I'm just talking about when I'm not having a flare-up. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Boy, we we talk about attacks all the time, and I'm not talking about you know blowing your whistle and help me, robbery, help me. Eight men are beating me up. Help me. <clears throat> Stop in the name of love. Uh, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about you know uh, animal attacks, and and I am a I am a dog lover. You know I'm a dog lover. I I I, 
I don't think that there's a, a bad animal, there's a bad dog out there. It's the way they're raised and it's the way people take care of them that turn them that way. Just like, you know, people you see on the street and you wonder, why are they like that? You know why? Because life turned them that way. Something happened. I don't know everybody's story. And right now I don't want to know your story. Get off me. Get off me! <laughs> they can Down smell boy. your fear. Like Karen the Lion and, uh, and Ricky Bobby. <laughs> But this is crazy, man. This is crazy. 18 people in two days from this uh, vicious attack. Facebook posts dealing uh, the reign of terror have gone viral on all your social medias, including the new one that we're on this morning with the Mustard Challenge. Did you post that, Rachel? You did, didn't you? The uh, Mustard Oreo Challenge is out there. with uh, And this is why I'm a rental host, because I'll do anything for a, for a, for a, for a, for a, a view. Is that up on our on our Facebook and on our Twitter, Rach? Is it okay that I call you Rach? I feel like that might... Have we got to that point of our relationship? I have a niece. I call her Rachie. So if I call you Rach or... I call Miranda Randa because that's, you know... So if I'm overstepping my bounds, let me know so I know when the article's going to come out in the Tribune. All right? It's <laughs> working very hard. You do a great job, Rach. Rachel. Let me, let me be a little more professional around here. Howell calls her honey pie, which I am not at all on board with. I think that is so wrong. Um, but 18, 18 attacks in two days, the reign of terror going viral. His name is Rocky. It attacked uh, two Bengal cats. Not the big Bengals, but Bengal, uh, you know, like uh, house cats. Um, it attacked 16 kids, left teeth mark on the bottom of my son's leg, on my daughter's jaw. This thing was going nuts. It latched on so hard I couldn't shake it off. Take off the top layer of my knuckle. His teeth are like pins. This is a ferocious, ferocious beast right here. This is why we need control. In a dinky little town of Pascagoula. It was a squirrel, Nick. <laughs> this squirrel went crazy, bit 18 people in two days. Jeez. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I ever tell you the way I got the name Ray Stevens? No. All right. So I'm, I'm out getting my first radio gig, and this, this guy named Bruce Summers is the program director. And I pull in in a, in a really cool white Mustang convertible I had, and he sees the car. He comes down, and he starts talking to me. He's like, I need that car for a parade. And I said, well, I so happen to need a radio job. That's, that's how I did it. I was working deals when I was in my early 20s. Uh-huh. So he uses the car for the parade. He gets me an internship. I work for three months doing my due diligence, hopefully getting a shot. This guy gave me my first shot. I ended up being the morning guy before I left. It took me three years to do that. But he's looking through an old magazine. We used to have these trade magazines before everything was online. And he's looking through a radio and records. And he's like, what do you think about the name uh, Lucas or uh, Buffington? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Your last name, Stasekill, doesn't work on the radio. We need people to be able to remember your name. How about we call you Stevens? Never did I think that anybody could remember who Ray Stevens was. Now, I get that all the time. And I tell people, yeah, that's my uncle. And then they just look at me, really? I liked Ray Stevens. I'm like, you people are so <laughs> Almost as dumb as the name Ray Stevens. That's why I'm just a rental Ray. That's my new first name, Rental. Rental Ray. The uh the squirrel. The squirrel has been uh the squirrel has gone to Ant's farm. 
<laughs> you know, kids are bleeding. You know, cats are bitten. People have rabies. And the squirrel has uh, gone off to the farm. But there you go. That's your animal story for today. Squirrel's not going to be Lair. okay, Uncle Lair. <laughs> <laughs> they, di- they dubbed the, uh, the, the squirrel Psycho. That's his new name. It was a 48-hour 40- Christmas rampage. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Mercy on me! <laughs> this is probably the radio station I first heard that song on. That's why it's such a joy to be here. I just want to say, can I just say as we, we end this the three weeks that I thought was only going to be a day, and you people have seriously cut into my up north time, I just want you to know that. But it's nice to be able to make a house payment every now and then. Mm. I think this is the sixth one in the last two years. Um, you listeners are awesome. I appreciate you, and I love all your text messages. Some of them I cannot answer. The ones that I will answer, I'm doing so personally on my phone. You can have my number, and you can call me back at any time. You tell me one guy in Chicago media is just going to call you and say, hey, we, if you get tired of not hearing my voice, find me on Channel 19, or call me, beat me, if you want to reach me, as Kim Possible used to say in the cartoon. <laughs> on the way, we're going to talk with the Orland Park Mayor Keith Bacow. He just, you know, I think he's a really sensitive mayor. I like the guy. I like the way he runs a town, and I love Orland. Sensibility is what will reign and we need these days. Keith joins us next to talk about COVID, the restrictions, and how in the world do people enforce this without getting themselves in a pickle? That's next at WLS AM 890. Wasn't there someone attacked right down uh, down in Chicago when they went out at 2 in the morning to get a Subway sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Where was his whistle? Stop it! Stop it! I'm just trying to get a sub. I want to be as skinny as Jared. Hey, how is Jared doing? Is he still in the clink, or did we lose him? Remember the subway guy, Jared? <laughs> I think he's still in the clink. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, nice text messages here. I spoke to a Bradley police officer a little while ago, gave my condolences. They said, thank you. And in his words said, uh, thankfully, our other officer is still fighting for his life. He just left the scene when I saw him and talked. I have been texting back and forth with this person that's in the know down there in Bradley. And, uh, yeah, our best wishes. Uh, with those folks there, uh, you know, we read a list of some of the police officers and some of the neighborhood people that build up the fabric of a Chicago and a Chicago metropolitan area that you don't hear about on entertainment tonight. And we read that. And unfortunately, we don't have the name of that officer. And for the love of God, we know that uh, there's still a, 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 you know, two days left in this in this year, you know, by and large. What's what's going to happen, you know, in those remaining two days with over forty five hundred shot? It's just it's just a sad situation we're in but don't pay attention to that don't pay attention to any of that kind of stuff blow your whistle run towards the crime where people are wielding guns and that's how we're going to stop crime the other thing we have to pay attention to is the one that takes everybody's attention off of the other stuff is covid and the omicron variant and oh my god it's gonna it takes up 28 minutes of the half hour that they get for the news every night to tell you what's going on and the question's been since we started to talk about mitigation, and this is since this all started, is how do you enforce it? Now you put the uh, uh, onus on the restaurant owners, the bar owners, the club owners to say, no, nope, we have to see your vac- vaccination papers or you don't get in. It seems like it's a tall order for people to tend to. With that in mind, one of the guys that thinks that uh, it's probably not a good idea for the community and the restaurant owners to police this is Mayor Kevin Pacow from uh, Orland Park. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. How are you doing today, Ray? How are you? 
I'm doing great. I'm sorry. Did I say Kevin? It's Keith. It's Keith. I think I may have said Kevin. Okay. Keith, uh, boy, I haven't talked to you since the last time we talked. It was COVID-related as well. It was when you were opening up the uh, the water park and people were finally starting to get back to some sense of normalcy in your uh, in your suburb, which is a fun town and it's a nice town. Tell me, I, I know that you got together and you voted as a, as, as your, your councilman on, on Tuesday night. What was the order of the vote to say, you know what, we're going to leave this up to the restaurants and the bar owners to take care of themselves and do this as they see fit. What was the vote? Uh, so the vote was unanimous to allow them to do that. Um, as it has been in the past, we voted uh, against enforcing other mandates as well. Uh, I, 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 our board, myself and the rest of our board, agree that these types of policies should be set via legislative action, not by edict by one person. So, And that it should be publicly discussed and should be publicly voted on if we're going to set a policy. And I think at, at a state level and county level, we'd be a lot better off if our if our legis- elected legislators would do the same. Now, you're not alone in your thinking on this. There's other towns that are following suit. One of the bigger ones is Arlington Heights. Uh, but you, you, I like the way that the, the, the news media and the papers and the people that write about this talk about it. It is defies. He's, he's defiant. He's defied a mandate. I mean, you, uh, with a six to nothing vote, you're listening to your... I would imagine you're doing what, what we elected you to do. You're listening to your constituents. Well, I would say that, in fact, that's, actually, that's absolutely correct. Why would I say that? Because we have passed in the past, uh, prior to the April elections, the fact that we were not going to enforce mandates. And I was reelected, as were three trustees who supported that position were reelected. So I believe the people have spoken on this issue in Oil Park and that they agree that, in, that enforcing the mandates, and it's the mandates that are the issue here, and that's what's being lost about all of this. We are mandating this as opposed to giving people good information and allowing them to make decisions with the advice of their doctors because nobody, you, me, Tony Preckwinkle, Governor Pritzker, nobody knows the individual's health situation better than them and their doctors. Well, you know, you, you, there you go. There you go talking that common sense, Mayor. I mean, come on now. And, and that's, you, 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 you brought up something that resonates, I think, with a lot of people. We get so many different. You know, it's like pick a lane. We get so many different stories on a given uh, daily basis. We're gonna we're gonna shut her down on January third because this is such a, an epic crisis. We're gonna shut her down. You know, and th- that was statement was made about five days ago. So you know, eight days to a week to eight days in advance. It's so bad we're gonna shut it down on this date and instead of doing it right now. Then the CDC comes out and they say, wait a second, you don't have to wait for fourteen days of isolation anymore. You don't have to wait for ten. Now you have to wait for five. Does it drive you crazy as a person that has to, you know, watch these rules and enact these rules and see all this happen, that the messages get so mixed, it would seem, between agencies and government officials. It, as someone who has to make these decisions and make these calls, of course it makes it, it, it it's maddening. And it's maddening for businesses. It's maddening for individuals. And as I've said time and time again, when all of these orders come down, show us the data that you're using to make these decisions. And uh, I was forwarded something last night from a county commissioner, and the data that she's, that's being used is from July. <laughs> you mean we don't have data from today that tells us? How about I asked for some simple things when this came out. I asked for some simple data, the, the very first of which, and I think this would tell us a lot, is for those people who – for, for cases, for hospitalizations, and for deaths. Tell us, 
how many of those people were vaccinated and had previously had COVID? How many were vaccinated, didn't have COVID? How many were unvaccinated, previously had COVID? And how many were unvaccinated and did not have COVID? That would give us a lot of data and a lot of information to process. And that seems to be basic information that should be asked. If you're not asking that information, you should be fired from your job. Boy, boy, I tell you, I, I could, you know what? I could, I could live in Orland. I'll tell you right now. This is uh, Mayor uh, uh, Keith Cow, Keith uh, uh, Mayor, your your honor. Um, before I let you go, and and I know that this this is maddening, and 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 you know we all try to find the answers, and we're all just trying to get along to go along, and hopefully there's a a brighter day ahead when we flatten a curve in another three years. But my question to you is this: is tell me something good that's going on in Orland for New Year's? What do you have planned for the celebration? What can we do to come down to your town, support your businesses, shop local, be local, and help a, a such a thriving community? We don't have any New Year's events. It's one of the few things we don't do events for, and I think probably largely because our restaurants do a ton of events. We have 150 restaurants. I would say reach out to our restaurants, see what events they have going on, and and go enjoy yourself and enjoy yourself responsibly. Bring a designated driver um, because we all know how how dangerous uh, uh, January 1st at uh, 1 in the morning can be. So please make sure you have a designated driver. Well, buddy, I, I appreciate you. I wish you well. I wish your uh, restaurants well. And uh, what about uh, do you, do you just Chamber of Commerce for some of the things in Orland Park? Would that be a good place to start? Uh, the Chamber of Commerce has some information. Our village board, our village website has information on various restaurants. I don't know if any of them are advertising their New Year's plans for, for that. Um, I know that a few of them are having New Year's events. And uh, I, that's, that's the best suggestion I could yeah. do is pick your favorite restaurants here. And uh, check them out, call them, and ask them what they've got going on. I know that many of them are already booked uh, solid for that night. Well, I appreciate the time this morning, and uh, I, I believe in, uh, in uh, you know you're a common sense guy. I get it. It seems like your constituents are as well, and your in uh, your city council. Appreciate the visit, and we'll probably talk to you again before long. Thank you for having me, Ray, and have a happy new year. You too, partner. Be well. Right, bye bye. Now, uh, he, you know, he there you go. Yeah. What does what what does Fauci say? If you're talking about going to a big reception, a party of some sort where there are 30, 40 people, that is something that's very risky. And we clearly recommend you do not do that. OK. Three, one, two, five, nine, one, eighty nine hundred. Live forget, your, no hugging, no li- kissing. Live, live your life or hug. I mean, really? <laughs> this is the world we live in. Don't forget to wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Right. Don't don't stick a pen in a uh, in a in a light socket. Okay. Don't stand on a busy freeway. <laughs> you know. Don't go to the cleaners without your ticket, thinking you're going to get your wash back. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Bruce is back Monday, and that's a good thing because I'm starting to get cranky. <laughs> Somebody needs a nap. <laughs> Gary McCarthy joins us next just to talk about 4,500 people shot in Chicago. How do we turn it around? How does it get better? See, that's that's another thing I want to do is I want to I, I I collect like toy trucks and goofy, stupid things because I'm well, I'm an idiot. But I want <laughs> I want my own truck my want i want a peterbilt like an old school 69 67 peterbilt yeah yellow in color and i want to restore that thing and instead of having air horns i want whistles on it in case crime ever happens <laughs> that leads us to our next guest this morning former top cop here in chicago uh, runs his own security forum good guy just i love 
last night this guy and I text back and forth like two 16-year-old boys, and I enjoyed his visit immensely. Gary McCarthy, good morning, my friend. <laughs> good morning, Ray. <laughs> I'm not going to tell people what we were doing, though. You know, yeah. We'd, we'd look, yeah. Hey, Gary, I, I, I want to ask you, because you're a guy that's been in law enforcement a long time. I mean, you... And I don't want to make you blush, but I mean, you were you were a hero in the dangers of nine eleven. You were, and I know you're going to say I was just doing my job. There's a certain level, though, when you go above and beyond your job. You did that. You came to Chicago to run our city, and I think you've done it better than anybody in a long time. And I think our results show that. But I want to ask you right off the bat: What kind of whistle did you carry on your belt? <laughs> you know, I think I think the first thing that I took off my I don't know, we used to call them Batman utility belts. Back in the day was my whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I never, ever, 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 ever used it. I, I had a direct traffic a few times as a police officer, and uh, I honestly never used my whistle. So, you know, you try and you try and shed all that stuff because those belts get pretty heavy. Yeah. Between, you know, radios, gun belts, extra ammunition, and so on and so forth. You seem like a so, pretty, you seem like a pretty no-nonsense guy. When you were directing traffic, you weren't the guy out there dancing and doing all the moves, were you? No, no I'm, I'm not so. big on dancing. Yeah, I, 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 buddy, I've seen a picture of your wife. If you're not big on dancing, learn, okay? Gary McCarthy is our uh, guest this morning. Gary, a former uh, Chicago's uh, police chief, the, 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 the top guy. I just want to ask you, and before we get into the crime numbers and things like that in town, how wrought with danger is it when an alderman says, you know what, if you see crime happening, maybe what you should do is grab a whistle, blow that whistle, and run towards the event. Uh, unless you're equipped to handle that, and I know that we should help each other out, and I think that most people... Most people would, would get involved, but, you know, a lot of people don't. I, I mean, this is going to get people, if, if we were to do this, you're going to get people killed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm not sure everybody would get involved. It seems to me like more people want to video something than actually do something <laughs> about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we always tell people to not approach criminals. Of course, it's dangerous. and. I mean, look at just look at the the news today down in Bradley. Mm -hmm. You got you got two officers who get called to a call for barking dogs, and one of them ends up dead. The other one is in critical condition right now. You, you never know what you don't know. That's that's really something that you have to think about for a second. Every time you do a car stop, you don't know. Look at Ella French. She didn't know what was going to happen when she stopped that car in Englewood, and and she's gone. And her partner, fortunately, is alive, but he's. You know, he's injured for, and handicapped for the rest of his life. This is a no-nonsense thing that we're dealing with here, and we've really got to stop the nonsense. Some people, you don't approach criminals unless you're a law enforcement professional, um, maybe like a, a master 100-degree black belt or something like that. I mean, it's just too, too dangerous. Gary, where where's the mentality with the, the prosecutors of the world, the defund police people of the world, and gosh knows we have a lot of them here within city council and civic leaders and so-called so community leaders that say, oh, how, how, do you, how do you treat somebody who's a savage with respect? I mean, there's people out there, no matter what skin color you are, no matter what race, creed, or color that want to do bodily harm to you. Every one of us has a target on our back by someone. People that don't think like we do. People that don't value human life like we do. Why do we think that we can treat them differently like somehow they matter more than we do? Oh, you know, 
Bill Bratton, who's really an icon in, in the criminal justice world, uh, just came out talking about the fact that George Soros and those people of the world who are funding prosecutors across the country for their elections and re-election campaigns is destroying the criminal justice system with his open, quote-unquote, open society um, um, vision of, of this country, which, you know, unfortunately, they're getting it done. Because at the end of the day, again, these prosecutors need money to get reelected. So what do they do? They kowtow to the people who are going to, A, vote for them. And, and look at our last election that we had uh, in, in the city of Chicago as far as mayor. You know, and I ran for mayor. In, in probably the most important election that the city's had in decades because of, you know, came out of the Daly era and then Rom as an extension of God knows what. I, I shouldn't even talk about that. <laughs> but um, Now there's a dancer right we, there. Yeah. We had, we had a 35% turnout for voters. And who turned out it was the progressive vote, which is why you had Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot in a runoff, which has put us in the position that we're in today. So, you know, Kim Fox, why is she not disbarred based on Jesse Smollett? Why, why is she not recalled based upon Jesse Smollett? But, but that's not happening because, you know, I think it was maybe Nixon talked about the silent majority in this country. And unfortunately, you know, the, the left is too far left. The right is too far right. And, and 90% of us are kind of stuck in the middle. And we're not reacting to it with the things that we need to do, which is to vote. Do you I know think that nobody in this city wants to hit 800 murders, but it's already a foregone conclusion. 4,500 4, shootings. I mean, that is that, that's 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 past epidemic numbers. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, you would expect they'd run out of ammunition at some point. <laughs> and right? ammunition is not cheap, and it's hard to find. Where do they find it? <laughs> you know, that's the thing I don't understand. If you're if you're an outdoorsman, good luck finding ammunition. And, and everybody says, oh, these guns are coming from Indiana, and it's not Chicago. And these guns are coming from, from well-regulated militias in Central America and, and Mexico. But what, what do you think has to happen, Gary, before I let you go? We, we know that people are getting starting to get fed up. This crime has hit the, the Gold Coast. It's been happening now on a regular basis. It's all over the so-called good neighborhoods, and now it's in front of the people that are the ones that are mostly progressive that, are been, that have been funding these folks that are getting elected. Does it even have a chance to change? I think it does. If, if you look at the history of this country, we seem to swing from, from left to right. And, you know, right now, those are two very severe extremes. And I think that we need middle-of-the-road type policies. You know, and where you talked about how do you deal with, with quote-unquote savages, I have interviewed murderers, rapists, pedophiles, dealt with gangbangers for, for 35 years as, as a law enforcement officer. I would go on patrol as a superintendent here once a week, generally, either a Friday or a Saturday night, and, and work an overnight. And I would deal with these folks on street corners on the south and the west sides all the time. And I got to tell you something. You didn't have to uh, treat them like, like you were a prison guard, you know, and, and or a prison warden in, in Cool Hand Luke. What? what what you do is you talk to people. Once the tactical issue is gone, you can talk to folks and relate to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of my favorite things was the gangbangers all the time would say, oh, my God, that's McCarthy. Can we take a picture? And I'm like, no, no, we're not taking a picture together, but we can talk. 
So, you know, there has to be a shift in mentality. We have to get back to law and order. You know, I I listen to the pundits in Chicago all the time talk about, well, nobody really knows what to do about crime. Nonsense. We know exactly what to do about crime. We wrote it down. We were breaking 400 murders going down. We almost broke 400. And that's a 100% increase from where we were today. Right, because now we're hitting eight hundred. It's a hundred percent increase. Those are lives lost, and they're not all criminals. You know, some people say, "Well, let them kill each other." No, no innocent. I mean, we just saw. Yeah, we just saw it the other day in L.A. Man, it's you know, yeah, innocent innocent bystanders getting hit. And you know, I've I've worked with Lopez uh, Ray Lopez down in his community, Fifteenth Ward. There's good, solid people on there, and I talk about it all the time. We just can't let it go as a foregone conclusion that there's bad parts of this world in this neighborhood, and we just have to let that go. We got to work to somehow fix it. And I'm I'm glad you said that we could we can get there if we if we just turn it around and use common sense and try, Gary. I know you're dealing with some uh, some uh, that uh, Rona there in the house. I wish you and the family well in the new year, okay? Yeah, we're not sure. Uh, my wife is sick, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Her cousin brought, brought COVID to Christmas with him. Um, he tested positive on Monday. She's been ill, but uh, as I like to say, she has a very poor immune system, and I'm Exhibit A. In that, in that <laughs> you, you are a handsome... <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> Oh, man, I love you. And thanks for the visit last night. Don't be a stranger, okay? All right, right. All right, Gary. Happy, well. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> this, guy, this guy and I last night, he sends me a picture of his wife, so I sent him a picture of Gina, and he's just like, God, what are we doing here? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and we're just laughing like two 16-year-old idiots. Uh, but I tell you what, man, Chicago misses that guy. They misses, uh, you know, he was out there. He'd walk yep. the beat. And, and he's a Chicago guy. And I'm telling you, that matters to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago people matter to Chicago people when it comes to stuff like that. I'm just here to tell you. Just uh, doing a little pre-interview, if you will. We always like to take our guests and say hi to them and tell them, you know, you know what we're going to talk about. And I was sharing with Jana Davis. And of, of Jana, do I say you're at NBC5 now? Is that How do I introduce you? Uh, you can say temporarily at NBC5. I'm not a uh, hired staff, but, yes, I am working for them temporarily. Well, you know what? So- you can say that. I'm After, I'm working oh, here. I love it. Thank <laughs> you. I'm working here temporarily as well. Um, I, I was just telling you a story about I had a chance to meet you downtown Chicago, um, both when we were considerably younger, and I I could not have asked to meet somebody in the media. This is before I was you know quasi in it. You couldn't have been nicer, and I always remember that you were fantastic. Okay. Oh, well, thank you. Boy, butter me up today. I need it. But you know it's what? I, well, day. I think we all do it. You know, I was saying earlier, it's, it's, I'm kind of crabby right today, but, you know, you're going to brighten my day and tell me. I mean, it's odd. It's odd. I mean, we can't we can't not talk about it. I mean, goodness sakes, you were on the uh, that other place for years and years again. But you back together with that maniac <laughs> on New Year's Eve on NBC5 is fantastic. It is. It is. Um well, you know, I'm not going to go through the story, but everybody, not everybody, but most people know what happened with Mark, unfairly. Uh, I'm on Team Mark. And uh, I just think uh, it was a shame. And he, we call each other TV spouses. He's my TV husband. I'm his TV wife. We've worked together closely for 23 years. 
He's done the show with me, the New Year's show, 21 years. I've done it 31 years. Wow. I had a myriad of hosts. My first one, you probably remember our food dude, James Ward. Yes. He was my host for many years. And then I had a variety of other Channel 7 males uh, co-hosts with me. But Mark's been the longest and the funniest, and uh, I'm, he's one of my dear friends. So he had that happen to him. I was let go after 37 years, sort of. You know, yeah, I was it, it, kind of a it, lame excuse. It was, it was uns- it, no, it was. It was. It was. A, you know, and isn't it? It's just the way it is. And 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 it is what it is. You, you know, know, you've been in radio. Oh, oh I've been there. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, it seems like I go through it all the time. But you know, you know, it's just. You, you know, it's it's interesting because Chicago loves its people. It loves its media creatures. Chicago loves you. They love G and Greco. They like people that have become a fabric of this town. And then when they're just gone, especially for ridiculous reasons, well, that pisses people off. Well, uh, yeah, you, uh, yes, <laughs> my family off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. but uh... NBC, you know, we we did the New Year's show mm-hmm. last year and got uh, even even though we couldn't go out and we did it in the studio at Channel Seven. We uh, a lot of Chicago tuned to us that night more than they have in ten years, and I know part of that was COVID. You know, nobody could go out. Sure, sure. But I knew at the time Mark did not because nothing had happened with Mark's situation. But I knew at the time I was gone. So it was a really hard show to do because I couldn't tell Mark. I was told I couldn't tell anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, basically. Uh, So there was never closure with us. And I feel like tomorrow night there's going to be closure. Well, now, come on, let's talk about that. This isn't the end. This is the beginning. This is the this is new. This is this is the next 30 year run. Oh, good. I mean, if they, I mean, listen, that you guys, it's the coup, coup d'etat that you guys have pulled off here. I mean, this is it. I mean, you and G, well. you and G and Greco together. I mean, when uh, I know that Wendy Snyder was working here last week, and she had Greco on her G and Greco on, yeah. and 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 everybody. I mean, that guy. Everybody loves the snarkiness of a Mark G and Greco. Or you're just not a dude in this town. He is revered, and so are you. So, so I mean, how long before you're you know you're doing uh, you know 190 North on NBC, and he's doing sports over there? Let me work this okay. deal for you. Uh, would you? Okay. We'll hire you as an agent. What's your percentage? <laughs> right now, it's very cheap. I, I'm I'm at 2%. Oh, you're yeah. higher. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not like these Steve Mandel guys that, that you know, they charge an arm and a leg. You know, but... Uh, what, what, <laughs> He's my agent. <laughs> is Steve your agent? Yeah. Yeah. I'll t- I mean, I'm, I'm going to work right in on his deal right there. You know, he's mine too. That's why I pull that name up. I'm going to be talking. Ooh. I'm going to be talking to him in a few minutes. I can tell you that. Um, what can we expect out of the show? Because you, you're you're fun. You're you are you're Chicago television royalty. You're fun, and uh, you two together. I mean, I, I is it just going to be one of those long? I mean, Doctor Fauci says don't hug, don't kiss. Okay, you're not going to listen to the doctor, are you? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, oh, nobody's asked me that at all. Yeah, that, if you want to get out of this deal, because you know, if, if G and Greco wants to kiss you, you should say, "Hey, man, Doctor Fauci says no hugging and no kissing." Let me tell you, okay. this show. Uh, we are not the hosts. I want to get that really straight with everybody. The hosts are Courtney Hall and uh, Matt Rodriguez, who are the co-hosts of Chicago Today on NBC Five. And they are lovely. They are lovely. I think they they hosted it last year. I really, really like these two kids. And they're kids mm-hmm. to me. They're kids. But they are so good and so gracious. Because, you know, we're bigfooting them a bit, and we really didn't want to. So we are scattered throughout the show. 
We are at the top of the show, and I'm going to tell you right now, like a Marvel movie, you better stay through uh, credit. Okay. And that will answer the question you just had. That is what you call hypnotizing the chicken right there. That, that is that is the that is a pro's pro because now you've got me through the commercials, you've got me through it all. I'm there with you because that is the tease of epic epic proportions. And as far as as far as big footing, please, you've earned it and people want to see it. Well, we we've had a lot of nice response once uh, a couple of weeks ago it came out. And we, oh my gosh, we've known about this since June and have had to, you know, keep quiet. We, I swore a blood oath <laughs> uh, over there. And finally it got out and people slowly have been realizing that we're not going to be on seven this year. We are going to be on five from the top to the bottom. And it's going to be funny. We're wicked and sassy and silly. Let yeah. me put it that way. We like that. We need that right now. This is Janet Davis, of course, years and years and years in Chicago at ABC7. We've got to say it. I mean, that's, that's your, your legacy and your history, and, and, uh, yeah. and, and, and we've got to own those things. So I'm going to look forward to you and Mark Greco, who I absolutely adore. And again, I, as, 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 a, as a guy that just loves Chicago media, you were, were so nice to me back in the day. I'll never forget it. And oh. I just uh, I wish you well, and I can't wait to watch. Thank you. 1108. 1108. And, that's and, when we go on. And if Gian Greco doesn't want to kiss you, you call Ray Ray. Oh, I will. <laughs> that's why you're Rental Ray. That's right. That's right. Rental Ray. Yeah, I'm available. I'm like a male <laughs> gigolo for New Year's Eve. Janet <laughs> <laughs> Davis, I adore you. Thank you very much for the visit. All right. All right. You, Take Ray. care. Bye bye. Bye bye. I told you guys if I started to get like that to come in here and smack me, but nobody did. I just, I, I, I she really is a wonderful. We had a lot. She kind of did. She, she's a, she's a fantastic person. Come on now, that's my guy right there. <laughs> have you heard that song, Nick? I have no, I've not. Yeah, Santa Claus has a dirty job, and that's with, uh, uh, my, uh, that's with Mike Rowe. That's John Rich. That's my guy, John oh, Rich. Oh, it's with Rowe. Yeah, okay. dirty, dirty that job. Makes sense. See that? jobs. That's how they do things. <laughs> That's why these guys have the the big the big network jobs and the superstar, uh -huh. you know, the big tour buses. All right, here he is. I want to bring on my. Uh, I consider this guy a friend to me. He is. Uh, he's been so for a long time, and I, I like his take on hard work, where he's come from. I mean, this grew up in a double. This guy grew up in a double wide trailer in Texas. To making his own whiskey, to making it, you know, he's got his own bars, he's got his own nightclubs, he's successful, and he's just a good old American. John Rich, how are you? Man, I'm doing good, Ray. Good to hear your voice. Good to be heard, brother. I uh, I, I miss talking to you. I'm, I'm, uh, how are how are things going for you? That song, if I'm not mistaken, at one point in the last couple of weeks was number one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we call that Rich and Row. So oh. me and Mike Row, as you were talking about, we had a... We actually had an, I interviewed Mike for my show on Fox Business called The Pursuit, where I talk about people's pursuit of happiness in America. And, and I said, hey, Mike, you know somebody that's got a dirty job that you probably never thought about? And he said, who's that? I said, Santa Claus. And he started laughing, and he goes, you're exactly right. And I said, Mike, you know, people don't know, but you're a great singer. He sang opera back in the 80s. Who knew? But he's still got this incredible voice. I said, we should do... A, a Christmas song, Santa's Got a Dirty Job, Let's Do It. So about a month later, he was in Nashville. We recorded the song with the Oak Ridge Boys singing backgrounds, put it out, and the song went number one on the sales chart worldwide across all genres for two weeks. 
And uh, it was pretty pretty funny to watch it, but it had a great result, too, because 100% of all the downloads uh, goes to the Folds of Honor and the MicroWorks Foundation. So we gave it all away and just had an absolute blast. Is there anybody in Nashville that's as cool as you? No. Just no. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. there's so many blowhards out there that open up their own restaurants and they do their, their thing and they do it all for, for, for you know, reasons of getting rich and i'm i'm all for for the capital society we, we you know i'm all for, for making money but you give so much back and that that brings me to my next my next thing whenever i do and i'm on the uh i work i'm working with a foundation out in batavia for the the, the flag day memorial that we're putting out there it is going to be on the line of anything you'd see on the mall in washington and they ask me to do fundraisers and john john boy always sends up a bottle of his Redneck Riviera whiskey with an autograph on it. And i got to tell you, people will spend money for your blend, not only because of you and, and your autograph on the bottle, and you're always so willing to help me, and I appreciate that so much, but this Redneck Riviera whiskey, this American blended whiskey made with American <laughs> hands and American glass is something. Yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. I like it, too. And it has it's it's actually made its way now into a, over 11,000 stores across the United States uh, in the past three years. It, it's pretty incredible. RedneckRiviera.com has the store locator where you put in your zip code and you find the products and the stores everywhere. But again, on that, Ray, uh, 10% of all the profits from bottle one all the way to where we're at today go to the Folds of Honor. Uh, we've now... Uh, Redneck Riviera Whiskey has now funded over a million dollars worth of college tuitions for kids who lost a parent in combat. We just passed that marker in the past two weeks. So i got to thank everybody out there who's purchased Redneck Riviera Whiskey and helped me support uh, such a great cause. And, and, yeah, it's a great whiskey, too, right, and not too expensive. Like you said, I came from a trailer park, man. I, I know I know what it's like to go month to month, and, and a lot of Americans are like that. But that doesn't mean that you don't get to drink the good stuff, right? You can have the best, you can have the best, even if you're on a fixed income, and that's what this brand's all about. You know, you and I could get involved in a conversation that includes what's going on with, with crime and prosecution, and we know the problems that Chicago has, and we could talk about mm. COVID, and we could talk about all the nonsense and the mixed messages and all the BS that we hear over and over again, but I don't want to do that today. I want you to tell me about the pursuit about the pursuit of happiness and what your Granny Rich told you and why we as people that, that if we get knocked down and if we don't get our way, we got to keep fighting and keep trying because we're not guaranteed it, we're guaranteed the chance at it. Well, that's exactly right. So, you know, I had the great fortune of growing up around members of the greatest generation. You talk about my Granny Rich and her husband, my Papa Rich, World War II vet. And, you know, that generation... Uh, if they hadn't have gotten up and done what it took to beat Hitler, to beat Imperial Japan, Mussolini, all at the same time, you would have a completely different world today. And I think that Americans, in, in current day America, we've inherited our freedom for so many decades where it's never actually been under threat. It's just been a kind of one of those things you take for granted. Yeah, of course we're free. Of course we, you know, we get to do what we want to do with our lives. But as time goes by and, and complacency kicks in with people, uh, bad actors can get in, and I believe bad actors have gotten in and have started to chip away at our freedoms, have started to erect ceilings and fences around our freedoms and around our ability to exhaust our potential as we see fit in this country. And so the right to pursue happiness 
is what separates America from every other country, not only that exists today, but that's ever existed. There's never been a nation that told its people you have the right to pursue happiness. You don't have the right to be happy. You have the right to pursue it. And it's why there's lines of people coming into our country and there's no lines going out because humans in general want to believe that they can live out their, their dream, that they can exhaust their potential. Our, our country allows for its citizens to do that. And so I keep that in mind every day when I wake up and, and I go, you know what, what, what can I get done today? How can I help other people? How can I build a business and hire more people? How can, how can I leave something better for my kids than what I started out with? That's the American dream, and that's why you got to always remember America offers us that. Take advantage of it. Buddy, I needed, I, th- there's a reason why I put you last in the show today is because I needed that message and, and I'm going to heed that message and I appreciate you. And before I let John Rich of Big and Rich and John Rich of the Pursuit on Fox and John Rich, the songwriter, but all around just a good guy. Um, be- before you, you think of songs like Ride a Horse, Save a Cowboy and some of that stuff, <laughs> listen to a song called Eighth of November and it will change the way you look at our country. It really will. 8th of November by John Rich. John Boy, I always appreciate your visits, man. I love you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? Hey, you too, brother. Happy New Year to you and everybody up there. Take care, pal. I appreciate you, man. See you, man. Bye-bye. That's John Rich on WLSAM 890. I just wanted to take a couple minutes here at the end of this show. Um, Nick, are you going to be okay? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean cuz you know every you know the, the beauty of life is everything has a beginning it has a middle and it has a natural ending and I think is if you if you think about what we had in these 3 weeks you know or actually it was two because Martyr got in there on a little bit of it uh, but I yeah, mean, trying felt, to ha- it, it felt get like in on three. my romance yeah I just I just want you to to, to just keep this in mind okay Oh don't cry it's going to be all right just listen to the song take it in <laughs> You knew you knew this. Yeah, Sometimes. all good things must come to an end. Okay, stop. <laughs> you know, I just want you to know that you're not the first relationship I burned through. I, I, <laughs> the good thing about you, though, is you didn't cost me a house, and I appreciate that. Or two. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't that John Rich cool? Awesome. I yeah. have a, uh, and you know what? He's like you. He's doing good in the hood. You know, he's raising money for. He's, that's great. Well, you know, the, the thing is, is it, 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 and that's the one thing that disturbs me about you know the, the Chicago radio landscape today is is people get in to their job and they go on their Twitter feed, they go on their Instagram, they go on their Facebook, and they create what we call content, but they never get off their ass and do anything. And that just bums me yeah. out because I think you have to yeah. do that, and I think you have to give back, and and and. And when you do that, you create a relationship where you have people texting you all morning saying uh, things that they're saying to me, which I really appreciate. And I appreciate WLS AM 890 for giving me the uh, platform to come in here and have a, have a little fun because it's always nice to uh, to come back and talk Chicago and talk to the newsmakers. And I think we've done that. I think we've uh, we've talked to the aldermen. We've talked to the area mayors, the people that uh, that make a difference and try to figure this thing out and uh, and get involved. If that's one thing I can leave with you, if you listen to us this morning at uh, 6.50 when we did our prayer, some of you might have thought that was goofy, but Father Terry at the uh, Holy Family Church in Inverness, 
used to call me on my old radio show that I had years and years and years ago, and we would do a bear prayer. <laughs> just we would pray for the bears <laughs> to win, and and we became friends. It was just it was it was crazy, but uh, you know it was. You, you need to you need to kind of lean on each other, and don't let anybody yeah. tell you that this that this world is worse than it is. Go out and live your life today, and and if you have concerns about COVID, and you, you follow your 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 instincts and be smart and safe. You don't need me to tell you that. You know you don't need to, you don't need people to tell you that you should wash your hands and stay you know away from people if you think you're sick. You know Gary McCarthy's family may have COVID because somebody came to a party that was sick. Just be smart for goodness sakes. And take yeah. care of each other. Now, I'm leaving you with this, Nick Gale. On Monday, yes, sir. you get that Bruce St. James guy up on that Norgie ski jump. <laughs> We've set, I mean, I don't know what else I can do here. You set it up, man. I've set yeah, it up. It's... I've given you guys ideas that you can use into mid-June that don't cost the radio yeah. station any money. you got to self-promote a little yeah. bit here. Use all yeah. of this that I've yeah. given you and build on it. I, you know, I can't do any more than I've done. I've left it all here on the floor. There's sweat dripping underneath the control board. <laughs> I hope John Howell doesn't slip You're on it today. You're very wise. I hope John Howell doesn't <laughs> slip on it today and break another hip. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks to Orland Park Mayor Keith Pacow for stopping bar. Uh, Gary McCarthy, Janet Davis, Kevin Bickner, Anthony uh, Napolitano Naps, Father Terry from Holy Family, and John Rich for being here. I appreciate you very much. Happy New Year. Have a blessed, safe, fun New Year. I'll see you somewhere down the road. Take care.